What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Loot Bros Podcast. I am your host, Resident Daryl, and with me, I have got the wall shaker himself, Mr. <laughs> Beef Curtain Ripping on the podcast. It's T Bird. Oh, God. oh, Beef Curtains. I like it. There you go. What's up, T Bird? Oh, Lord. And then I have the man who holds Randy Pitchford's thumb drive. It is CJ. Oh, oh what, Lord. what could you do with Randy Pitchford in the dark? I tell you, wouldn't it be lovely? Daryl, wouldn't you love to be in Randy Pitchford's drawer? Because there's a Ma- lot of, you do a magic lot tricks. of juicy little things in that drawer, I think. But look, I'm good. I'm good, sir. I'm good all. Uh, hi, Kali. It's wonderful to be here. It's wonderful still to be alive in uh, in a what we're now described a national emergency over here. So the chance of me being alive next week is looking pretty slim as the, the COVID slowly claws its way around all New South Wales residents next. Daryl, it's a question now of whether my hair will get me first or the COVID. It's an huh. exciting time to be alive. Hey, well, there you go. There you go. All right. And finally, making her return to the show, the transsexual transvestite from Transylvania, it is Kali. Hell yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you didn't think I knew that, did you? No, I did not. I'm very, very impressed. No, don't be. It was disturbing. My father used to watch that movie. Um, the when you said you were going to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show thing or whatever, my dad used uh-huh. to watch that movie. Um, and you know, seeing Tim Curry dressed like a woman in bloomers was freaking disturbing. And then uh, my dad's like, hey, "Look, son, it's funny." I'm like, "No, no, dad, that's." That's not that's not funny. Like uh, Tim Curry in Congo. That's that was funny. No. Well, you could tell your father that he has fantastic taste. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I will definitely not do that. All right. So this week we've got <laughs> a very what special I'm looking day. forward to looking to the, the Patreon OnlyFans content because Jim <laughs> is in for a show tonight. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Coming in clutch collage straight after her live presentation of Rocky Horror Picture Show 2. Uh, but yes, this week we got a very special guest. Uh, CJ and I have been talking about having this particular guest on for some time. He is a fellow podcaster. He has d- had an appearance on the Push to Plat podcast. Uh, and if I do say so myself, he seems pretty entertaining. All right. So we got Mr. Shadowless Edge. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. He, he, he said that I was entertaining. I've never been entertaining. What are you talking about? I mean, hey, I enjoyed it. So I listened to the show. Okay, I thought it was good. Fair. I appreciate it. I, I, you know, like I have to try and just, uh, you know, out funny CG at every chance I've got. But I mean, like if you, if you play an Xbox party with him, he does that himself. Like, ah, <laughs> uh, look, here we Where's go. The... Look at this. I couldn't figure out. I don't even know how the Xbox works out of the Zidalon games. And I finally joined a party because, oh, you're a fucking invite every day. You never join or whatever. I Now, this is wonderful, ponies. <laughs> the PlayStation headset, the PlayStation doesn't do a lot, but the headset works on the Xbox in a party chat. So, look, next time you bag that system as useless, look, it has a use. It has a use. Sorry, carry go. on. There you go. It yeah. is the best-selling console for a reason. <laughs> For the headset, so you can it's, get, it's, it's getting ready to be a three time that's right, three well, time best selling console. Even going back a week ago, uh, Microsoft was using uh PlayStation controllers in their advertising. There you go, because yeah. you can use the controllers on the um, uh, on the X Cloud and that kind of stuff as well. So, 
There you go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've been doing that. I've been uh, I've been streaming XCloud to my iPad with a DualShock Four. So playing Xbox games on my Apple iPad with a PS4 controller. Welcome. You know, to make that even cooler. Literally nothing. But yes, sure. No, no. Act. Wow, really? <laughs> Literally nothing. So what I'm about to say wouldn't make it cooler. Why not? But go ahead. Okay, I want you to know this, CJ. He said it, not me. Mm. I would like to be able to do that with PS Now. Yeah, but that's obviously not cooler than Xbox. Well, it doesn't quite. What's work, uh? What's so. PS Now? <laughs> that's right what is this so a long long time ago oh my god i got a trophy make, make you lose control a long long time ago uh playstation said we're gonna we're gonna look ahead to the future and we're going to get into this streaming and then downloading from the cloud and all this stuff you know you guys might know of something a little similar uh, kind of a copycat, like uh, called Game Pass. You know, there's way less games on there, and most of their Metacritic scores are are way lower than the ones on PS9. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, but at least with with at least with Xbox, the games aren't older than my grandmother. That, well, no, no, you're right. But you have games like Outriders that doesn't work for 30 days on lunch, and then you have games like Dark Alliance, which is not only bad enough; it's Dungeons and Dragons, but it's Dungeons and Broken. So like sure, it may be new. You're right, but it's it's no ten out of ten. You know, no, natural normal PlayStation experience that you're going to get. But hey, you know what? Are you, are you are you saying that you're jealous that I have the shiniest turd on the block? <laughs> I don't know if it's the shiniest. It's more so the newest turd. You know, like us PlayStation, us Sony ponies. We're we're proud of our shiny shiny turds. You know, but uh, Shadow, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do? and uh, how some of the listeners might have already known about you. So I guess what I'm most famous for is I am the number one uh, Game Pass Hall of Famer for Australia, which I won last year. Um, Basically, that was playing the most games in the service, which I think I ended up with 520. That's insane. Uh, Yeah, I started like... When uh, basically the competition uh, went for three weeks, but it took into consideration all the games that have been out on Game Pass, and started from roughly about two hundred, and then just I, I was having an incredibly tough year last year. Some of the listeners might already be aware uh, if you've heard me on Real Gamer Score or the Hall of Gamers before. Um, I had a custody issue and didn't see my daughter during COVID, so mm. I needed a perfect distraction and just three weeks of uninstalling reinstalling uh games and just playing for the first achievement uh basically just took my mind off things for a little while and yeah ended up winning um at the same time uh i was doing a podcast with two others that did win hall of fame as well it's probably the (laughs) funniest thing like uh out of all the places that could be winning these awards my two co-hosts won for achievement hunting and um gamer score and as some of you may be aware, I do host the podcast with Neo Master, who is the number one in Oceanic uh, for achievements in Gamer Score. Oh, for this week. Oh, <laughs> this won't be there long. <laughs> you, you, you know what? He he goes in stages. It'll get to a point where Mephisto starts catching up, and then he'll just drop 100,000 like nothing and hate himself for a few weeks. 
It's it's an absolute... it's it's all about like that quick push for him. But just just before you gloss over that, like I know you um you mentioned before, like could could you mention the size of the total download or like approximately whatever for doing that for three weeks, and also the prizes you got because because a lot of PlayStation gamers they're not used to getting anything from Sony. The only time Sony contacts them is when their credit card bounces. So <laughs> if you if you could share that, that would be wonderful. That's actually not shade. That's the that's the most serious CJ's ever been. I'm gonna say the one the one thing that I've seen Sony do in the past that I do appreciate is the. Uh, when they did those first to complete, handing out those trophies, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's as far as I know in ty- terms of the PlayStation things. I'd like to stay on my side of the fence as much mm. as I can. Uh, in terms of download size, I have a 40 megabit connection, which is, you you know the whole meme, Australian internet is shit house. It always has been. Unless you live in like the city, you got no hope. I, I lived on a, fucking dial-off connection up until like the age of uh 17 or 18 and i remember would like, you sl- call it would you call it almost criminal oh um, yes it, it, it's, it's horrible oh, like, that, was, that was a low blow play <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry it, the, the amusing thing is daryl and i were from a time when we didn't even have the internet when we were 17 <laughs> I, I tell you what oh. it's, it's it's tough isn't it <laughs> i i remember like just staying up all night downloading songs for itunes because like dial up is that fucking slow yeah. but um yeah going back to it uh over the course of these three weeks i think my internet usage was six to eight terabyte <laughs> um oh lord that's a, a two thousand dollar bill here <laughs> yeah like it, it's good having unlimited but um at the same time just having a slow ass connection is just horrible like i would be spending days like all right i'm going to install these three games go to work do that and cut away like that um the good thing about Game Pass, though, is there's that many games that could be considered indie darlings that are less than a gig. So I remember um, this was like after the competition, but I bought my partner an Xbox Series S, the um, the one without the disc drive, and essentially installed as many indies as I could. I think I filled it up with like 150 games just as a traveling console of all these just quick little things that I could jump uh jump around with with gamer score but um yeah six to eight terabyte it was it was a crazy ass three weeks to <laughs> and then there'll be there'll be stuff like um there was certain games like stellaris which is a pc space exploration sort of game i, I, I don't know how well to describe it but i had no idea what i was doing in that game i joined one of their discord communities and i'm just like all right, I need the easiest way to get an achievement in this. And they're like, why do you like, why are you wondering about the achievements in that? Oh, I'm just, I'm basically going to get the first achievement in this game and then uninstall this piece of crap. They didn't take too kindly to that. <laughs> well, now I have a question about that. You literally just got the first achievement in every game. Like you didn't. Yeah. Proceed- so there, there's something what? in the achievement hunting uh, community called a bean dive, which is. Um, there is a user on TA called Bean Potter that came up with this, uh, came up with this like event idea where once a uh, once a year you would start as many games as possible on your tag. So to get a game to show up on uh, true achievements, you need to pop the first achievement, so then it syncs to your tag. So essentially, because the um, because the competition was that vague onto how like how often uh, like how long did you have to play these Game Pass games. 
Um, what did you need to do? I just went, all right, first achievement in each of these games is going to be a safe bet because depending on where they're getting their um, their data from, like if they're getting their data from true achievements, then I know that every Game Pass game is synced up with my profile. Was my reasoning behind that. Hmm. And you won some pretty good prizes too out of it. Yeah, so yeah, I I really did want to know what you wanted to win, so thank you for asking that, CJ. That was my question. So I won a Series X. Um, I won twelve uh, months of Game Pass Ultimate. I won a friggin' cool trophy, and I won a Hall of Fame hoodie, which I tend to try and show off on every case I uh, have. But like, you just don't have like a video podcast, so I can't be. <laughs> like I'm not even wearing it today. What is this? Yeah, we got banned from the video feeds. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We got it confused with our OnlyFans and <clears throat> Ah Twitch and YouTube wasn't wasn't too too keen on that. Yeah, so they're they're pretty good prizes. I mean, like it's a crazy three weeks, obviously, but the, um, the, it's pretty cool. The funny thing about the competition too is when the original um when the original uh winners were announced in October, my name wasn't on there. And I question, like, I actually sent an email off to Microsoft saying, like, what's the go? I, and just showing proof of how my numbers were incorrectly met, uh, like, tracked, how Neo Masters were incorrectly tracked. And then they did a, basically did a rehaul of the contest and announced the true winners in December. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, it's so funny because I was following a couple guys and I saw what they I saw their little packages they got sent, their trophies, their their hoodies and all that stuff. Man, that was it was really cool and it really did. That was when it started to between that and then the quests, it really started to dawn on me that like Microsoft, for all the crap we give them on this show and for all the crap we give the shills that they send over here and the bots they send over here to sit on the panel with us, like. Uh, I need that check. We're in a national disaster. Can you shut your mouth? Phil, I already missed a week of my Rattalika codes. I thought we got cut off last week, but they're back. They're back, listeners. Don't panic. But Wait, I need you guys are getting codes now? I need that Phil money. So watch what you say, sir. Well, what happened was they gave us codes, and then uh, we didn't shout out their games on there, and then it was like two two dry weeks. So they cut me off. I think the I'm, problem might be we, we did shout out their games. We just said the wrong thing. Uh, yeah <laughs> now they cut me back off again so i was like okay whatever no but um but yeah i saw that stuff and i and i was like man you know for all the crap that we give microsoft you know and the people that that uh, come on the show and, and and love on them it's like dude they really do have their ear to the ground and the way they treat their achievement hunting community is awesome and the quests for game pass and all that stuff and it's just like it is really it's a really good place to to be. A, it's a good time to be a gamer. It's a good time to be an Xbox fan, and that's a really good place to sync your your efforts. Because, man, it's like uh, we're over here on the PlayStation side, and, and Sony's just like, yeah, buy our games, buy our stacks, keep going. Oh, oh, I, I'm sorry, <clears throat> I got a trophy. Make you lose control. It, it really is though. Like if you if you don't play on Xbox, you, you don't realize. But that that hook of like if you earn one achievement like every day, you can exchange the achievement. You go into the rewards thing on the Xbox and you get fifty points, which is you know like I don't know. It's it's equates to money eventually. Like you know one day. But just that hook of actually doing that, it's a really clever move. Like because it's a couple of cents or something. But that that 
desire, you know, to earn one. And it makes sense now, like, you know, we had cool kid Joe around for a while and stuff like, you know, they had these years of, of achievement streaks, but it makes sense when, you know, you're just like, Hey, I'll do it. I'll get my one. I'll get my 50 points and I'll, I'll yeah. log on to it. That gets me some points. And it's, it is a very good system. I think that so, well, you know, yes. PlayStation does have something similar where you can earn oh, okay. points. Yep. Except that you have to have their credit card and they charge like 20% interest. <laughs> well, so yes and no. You could have done it without the credit card first and they got rid of the trophy passes because I did that for like, I think it was close to two years. And uh, you would just go into the app and activate, you know, oh, I want to do trophy passes. And every 10 Platinums, you got um, a thousand points, which equated to $10 on the store. Uh, every, um, there was a tier for gold. It was like 250 gold trophies. Um, uh, no, it was a hundred gold trophies, 250 silver and a thousand bronze. And it all broke down into money. And I was buying all my rat games with the money that I was winning for getting trophies in, a, in uh, on the system. But I do have their, their, uh, credit card and I do all of my miscellaneous spending through it. And I usually accumulate a few hundred bucks, you know, through their, uh, a month, you know, just, um, you know, just from doing my normal shopping, normal spending, all my gas and groceries, you know, crap like that, you know, reoccurring bills, mm -hmm. like cell phone bills mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I just pay the balance off every month, you know, like I would normally do if I was going to my debit card and I, I don't gain interest. And I got, I got $108 in my account right now. I'm trying to buy a ratchet and clank, but the physical version sold out on the, on the store. So but yeah, it, I think it's fair to say, say like we've talked about it before, but I think everyone on this show enjoys playing the store more than the actual games. And to, ha <laughs> to have that reward app, it's like, it's like, I'm not even playing the Xbox anymore. I'm just playing the Microsoft reward app. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I get, I my, get my stuff for the day. 10 bucks and... on there, CJ. I just got $10 <laughs> yeah. on the, um, it was funny. It was like two weeks ago. I cashed out my achievements. I got $10 in the store and then I went and bought Soma for like $2.99. I own it on PlayStation. Haven't played it. <laughs> I own it on that's Xbox why, now. That's why you need it. <laughs> and then I bought um I bought a uh, Super Destronaut on the store. So got me a thousand G. So. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's cool. Thank you, Shadow. Thank you for you know talking about that you know, you know briefly and all that stuff. We're gonna dig more into some of that stuff hopefully. But uh, we're twenty two minutes into the show. This is Loot Bros Podcast, and we haven't toasted yet. I'm getting thirsty. Oh, yeah, me too. So this week's toast uh, is actually overdue, um, but this one goes out to one of our listeners, good friend of the show, and meme master. Um, Jared, he actually just had twin boys. So, uh, Jared, we, uh, we want to toast to you, and we want to toast to your awesome meme skills and that amazingly photorealistic meme you made of CJ. Amazing. <laughs> yeah shadow if you're not familiar with the show we uh we usually like to celebrate something at the beginning of every show uh there's yeah. a lot of podcasts out there where everyone hates on everything and they get on their shows and they're like oh man everything sucks and everything's so bad so on the loot bros podcast we try to pick something or someone out there to celebrate before we uh crap on everything else so uh I, he comes. He comes from a structured show. I think he's realised by now that this is not a structured show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with the let's not do negativity piece. So, well, if you think but, yeah. this is not structured, Cheers. you ain't seen nothing yet. 
So, <laughs> put but, it back in the pants, please. Oh, I never had it in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I started this whole thing off pantsless. So, I uh, but tell you what, that's what people don't tell you when you work from home. The fact that you just don't need pants at all. It's wonderful. Dude, if only I tried the whole, like, don't wear pants to work thing, just because mm. I figured everybody working from home, they'd be used to it. So they come back to the shop and it's like, Hey, look, Daryl's not wearing pants. We're good. But no, I went straight to HR, got in trouble. I tell you what, if, if, a, <laughs> if a middle-aged man not wearing pants is the only problem America has at the moment, then I think you're going to be fine. <laughs> well, it's funny because we had some news reports coming out there for a while as uh, people were working from home. Uh, flipping their menus from one Skype call to the other and then uh, <clears throat> servicing themselves. And uh, a couple of politicians got in trouble for flipping to the wrong Zoom call with the wrong tool in their hand. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, who hasn't done that? <laughs> so, but uh, Shadow, since you are the guest of honor, why don't you let us know what you've been playing? Uh, I've been playing a bit this week. I did Halo Ridge campaign. Uh, on legendary to get the under three hour achievement uh i'm essentially trying to work on halo mcc at the moment master chief collection i'm down to my last 14 achievements Oof, that's a lot of achievements so, yeah so out of what's that like 686 out of 700 good lord um i've been uh, yeah i've been working on that game since launch and the only stuff i've got to do is the two lasso which is legendary all skulls on runs for odst and reach uh, four speed runs from one to four, some multiplayer achievements, and just some um, miscellaneous Halo CE bullshit. But I've been enjoying it, and I've made a friend from the States that we've tried to make our connections work with each other, but God, it's a pain in the ass. Can campaign multiplayer across regions in that game is a fucking joke. Um, but luckily, the multiplayer... Uh, just normal multiplayer just works flawlessly between everybody from my experience. Played a bit of that. Um, played some Splitgate last night after I heard some glowing reviews from members of the, the Achievement Hunting community saying how fun it was and how it was a mix of Halo and Portal. Mm. Um, I played a few games and I'm already hooked, which is not a good sign because that it's going to be a very time-heavy game. There is an achievement that has like 1,047 wins in it. Good lord. So this might be my next time sink, and I've still got to finish up Knockout City. Um, other than that, the other major title I've been playing this week is Death's Door, which just released, and it is fucking amazing. Um, game of the Year contender, and I definitely recommend you guys should check it out. Hmm. What kind of game is it? It's one of those like isometric uh, hack and slash like dungeon crawler kind of types. Okay. Like not dungeon crawler, but like that kind of gameplay. Um, the worlds are beautiful. Uh, you've got like these big menacing bosses that essentially the game is you're a crow that is being tasked to um, essentially take the souls of these uh, creatures or beings that have like they've cheated they've they've passed their morality they're um you know they should have passed a long time ago they've found out a secret to basically extend their life and it's like you're you're the crow that has to to cull them hmm. um it says death's door yeah death's door is, okay. is it roguelite or is it it's it's more metroidvania because yeah. you've got like four skills that you have to like go back 
I was saying on the podcast last night, it has those kind of like roguelite feels to it in terms of gameplay, but it's not roguelite itself, if that makes sense. How does it punish you when you die? Like how severe is it? It's it's like, it's no, this, this is why I say it's like not roguelite in that sense. It's, it's similar to other roguelite games that I've played, which set you back to the start, mm-hmm. but it's not like that in this game, if that makes sense. Like this one is a constant, you're dying, you're staying in the same spot, but you're going to constantly die and struggle against the wall until you get through, which I'm a fan of those kind of games. Whereas in other people will go like, I've died like 15 times on this boss. I give up. That sounds perfect for you, Tanner. Yeah. Yeah, um, totally. It's getting glowing reviews from everywhere. From what I've seen, it is an amazing game. Small indie team of, I think, two people. Oh, wow. Acid Nerve. Um, they made another game as well, but I can't think of what it is in from my head. And uh, published by Devolver. Uh, Everybody's favorite Nuthouse game. publisher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Saying that, I saw like it's uh, it's been a year of carrying already too, if anybody is aware of that game. Oh, wow. I played that for a little while. Just how quickly the years are going during lockdowns. Which, uh, thanks, CJ. Really appreciate being in lockdown again. (laughs) Ah, you're all right. Don't worry. Dan's not going to send any of his Pfizer across the border. We send it all down, but you guys are going to keep it. You'll be fine. (laughs) Actually, I'm not sure sure that's true. I think that could be liberal propaganda, but who knows? It sounds good. Oh, just (laughs) liberal with their propaganda. When do they ever do that? (laughs) Look, I wouldn't worry. We'll all be dead in a few weeks, so you can come and take this state. Hey, well, look, man, just as soon as you get your your shots out there, then the next strain's going to be there. And it's like, oh, wait, you're fully vaccinated? Well, guess what? Doesn't do anything for the Delta. Here's strain. Delta. Yeah, Delta, Delta point two. <laughs> well, yeah. if Biden could just remember his name and where he put the shipment to send to Australia, we'd be fine. <laughs> look, man, he's too. Hey, good luck with that. Come on, man. Corn pop. <laughs> that dude can't make a complete sentence. It's just literally impossible. So he's you still do, better do, than Trump, in my opinion. He's still, you've still upgraded. Ah, dude, I can't see it. I can't see it policy wise. I can't see it personality wise. Like, sure, he doesn't say mean stuff to people, but that's because he can't. Okay, okay. Sense. You're not a laughing joke in the eyes of the rest of the world at the moment, <sighs> from what I see. Mm, I don't. Know. As compared to a few years ago. Oof, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's, podcast it's hard to watch. All of a it's, it's hard to watch. Like it's it's terrible. Like you know, it'd be it'd be nice. Can we go back to video games? Yes, please. You got to be careful here, Shadow. These are Americans. Their gun is on the table at all times. <laughs> they will they will draw on you. Actually, I hear this. Look. Welcome to the South. Hey, son. That's me setting my pistol on the table. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it was digging into my hip. I'm like, what's going on over here? You said gun. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I hadn't taken it off. He's getting real excited. Wait, you're not wearing pants. Where were you holding that? <laughs> T-Bird, what's you been playing? <laughs> we're not, we're not going to slide right by that. <laughs> I tell you it's what, you've upgraded the, yourself from the move controller, sir. It's I'm called the dong holster. You know what I'm saying? You just... <laughs> Well, wait, I thought that you've, I know you've been working out and trying to slim down. Did you like have so much hip muscle that it actually just holds the holster off? It's like a bicep on my hip. Yeah, basically. It's just, I just flex a little bit and it's like, bang, bang. It just goes right off. So. 
So it's like a, almost a dick pop. <laughs> it's like a desk pop. What with your wiener? <laughs> so actually, T Bird, what do you been oh, playing? Good lord. Um, I've just been working on Demon Souls. I'm two bosses away from beating the game. There you go. There you go. Much e- it's much easier this go around. Now is it easier because you it's playable and the frame rate is sustainable, or is it? E- yes. You're just familiar with the game because you suffered through it the first time. I'm familiar with it, and it's so much so much more easier to play the game when it actually runs properly. Now, granted, it's not that big of a step up from the PS3 version, so it still looks pretty dated. Wow, that's the PS5. Yep, it's the power of the next gen. How are you finding the system? Because look, I, I must admit, I almost swallowed my you know uh, my my foot when I heard you say you bought a PS5 in the other episode. It shocked me. How are you finding it? Annoying. <laughs> I was trying. I was, I was telling Daryl. I was trying to find where to look at the trophies because that section's gone. So now it's like, oh, it's just little cards of everything now. Just kind of weird. By far, the most frustrating part about the entire system is they just convoluted some of the menus. It's like you have two more buttons you have to press to get to your trophies, and now they're laid out in such a way that you don't even want to look at them. So I told him I was like, "Don't even, don't even try. Just turn on PSN profiles and wait for the firmware update. There's no way it's going to stay like this forever. It's just terrible. It's like the card system, like the layout for the trophies, is such a ten steps backwards from what we had. So it's dumb. But that's it for me, though. So all right, CJ." Uh, yeah, let's have a look here. So what, rather than like delve, in, delve into anything, I'll just throw one or two. And I have to give a big shout out to, I forget the company that made this, but you will be familiar with them, listeners. Of course, we had chickens cross the road. We had run into the building for five minutes holding the upkey platinum. And now we have, Daryl, I'm not sure if you've done this yet, Kalai, you'd love it. The wonderful, wonderful funny truck available in three regions, a five-minute plat where you drive a truck and your aim is to knock the people out of the back of the truck. They sort of auto-spawn in, and you have to knock out. It's like a high-scorer thing. Um, so it's exactly the same as the chickens game, but now in a truck. Uh, have you come across this yet, anyone? I am downloading it right now. <laughs> it's wonderful. So, and don't forget the Hong Kong stack out. Shout out to our Hongkongese listeners there. Uh, what else I played? I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna label all the crap this week. Uh, Akinafa. Now this is just. Have you played this yet, Shadow? It's wonderful. What is it? Akinafa. No, I haven't even so heard of it. This is a strange game. Now, it has a story like most games do. It's not very interesting, but I'm going to bore you with it. <laughs> it appeared on the Xbox store like about a month ago. And like I was used to this sort of thing happening on PlayStation where they release a game and it's so garbage that they pull it the same day. It happens all the time on PlayStation. So, you know, you have to get in quickly. It's a, it's a quick plat or whatever. Anyway, I thought this doesn't happen on the Xbox. It's a quality system. The games will stay there. Anyway, they did the same thing. They pulled it. Maybe it came out too early. I don't know. And of course, all the um, all the degenerates have it on their list, you know, the, the, the already. And so I've been trying to get this game for, for a month or so, but it finally is out on the store. You can get it now. I know it's on PlayStation 2, uh, multiple stacks. It's um, it's a, a side-scrolling shooter. It's not too bad. Like, it's, it's a 15-minute plat, so it's what you expect. Uh, or whatever else. So add that to your list there, Daryl. That's another Kinefer? three platinums. We can, we can, yeah, Kinefer, we can we can throw that one on there for you. I think that's all. That's all the PlayStation stuff I played. It's wonderful, isn't it? And then now, look look at this for Xbox. I finally, this is exciting. This is exciting for me. I've been waiting for this game for months. 
to go on sale because I'm trying to show some sort of self-control and it is the wonderful Balan Wonderworld. Now, oh, is God. anyone oh. interested in playing this, this <laughs> I, gem I hear of a bad. Square Enix? <laughs> no, it's just garbage, but it's not going to stop me from playing it. But no, it's actually not as bad as you think because you load into the game and it's like the cutscenes are like, they're really good. Like it looks like, you know, it's going to be a AAA game. You see Square Enix there, you know, you see the price tag if you pay full price for it and you're like, yeah, this is a real game. And then the actual gameplay is like, it's way um, more basic looking than the cutscenes. So they've obviously dumped all their money into the musical. Um, and it is, it's a musical game. So they've dumped all their money into that side. So that's really cool. And like, if you're a kid playing this, I think that would be awesome. And then the platforming inside is, it's very simple or whatever else. But I've only played like the first chapter because I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy it over time, I think. So that was, that was pretty cool. And then I don't think, uh, well, I, I thought you were going to talk about Scarlet Nexus. Hannah, do you not play any more of that this week? Uh, I have not played a, too much more of it. I played a bit more of it. I think I might be a little bit ahead of you now. I'm into like phase six or so. And like we were talking two weeks ago about occasionally the game is a little cheap. And there's this, I don't know if you've got it to it yet, this brain, um, like your, your, your stat points are, like if you're thinking listeners, where you invest your skills in, it's like this brain map. And you invest the points to unlock certain abilities, you know, and, and moves and and increasing your gauge and stuff like this. But then there's this like brain overdrive mode, which you can go into and it makes you like really like super powered, but it also has a timer. And if you don't come out of that mode before it sort of runs out, you die automatically. So the problem is, is it doesn't, it's not like a uniform amount of time. So it's not like one to, you know, you can see the seconds counting, it can jump. So, you know, you can be in a boss fight, you activate it because you're getting your ass handed to you and you, you'll get back on top. But then you never exactly know, or I can't figure it out, you never seem to know when it's going to stop. Um, and if you don't get out, like, so it's like a gamble, I suppose, which is sort of cool. But you're like, should I just push it a bit more? Or, you know, will I be dead completely from this this mechanic? So maybe that's that that explains more. I'll be interested to see, Tanner, what you think of that. Because it's, it's a very OP move, but as I said, you don't know when it's going to backfire on you. So it's it's a cool it's a cool element, I think. So I've been enjoying that. And then I finally finished the the Elder Scrolls Online, the base game story, and it was uh it was good. It was very good. I don't I don't know, Tanner. Did you ever play this one? Or I don't think anyone else would have. I played I played it years ago when it like not when it first came out, but probably a year or two after it came out. I didn't get very far in it at all. Yeah, I tried as well before the one Tamriel thing, and I know I'm boring everyone here because no one no one plays MMOs. But I tried a few years ago too, and it was just too convoluted for me. And I'll I'll, I'll just talk a little on it because I know JT, God rest him, is he, smashing Final Fantasy fourteen now, which is awesome, sir. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back eventually to that game and play some with you. But he he sent me a message. So it's like a thousand hour game. He sent me a message. Oh, I just picked up the whole collection of Elder Scrolls Online as well. I was like, oh. Good luck to you, uh, sir. He's there, getting through man. that. <laughs> he is a beast, but but he'll get there. But I was sort of so I sort of explain it to him a little. This one Tamriel, they basically the game has been changed, different to Final Fantasy fourteen. That there's no level gating anymore, so everything scales to your level. So you can actually finish the end of the base story, which you would have had to have been level fifty. You can finish it at like level twenty. I think I was level twenty two. That the final monsters or the monsters will scale to your level, which is a really it's a really interesting thing to do in an MMO that's usually level gated, you know, for, for time and stuff like that. And what it also means is that because there's so many expansions to that game, you can actually move between expansions or move between DLC whenever you want. You don't have to hit level, you know, level caps or whatever to be able to play them. 
which is it's very distinct from Final Fantasy fourteen, which is very linear and you, you you can't play the last story, you know, first or whatever else, and you and you do have to spend time grinding. Although I understand they have softened that, I'm not sure how much later. So so in a long winded way, this this game has become way more approachable and also much more of a single player experience. Like I, I haven't really played with anyone, which is my preferred way of gaming. Uh, and you know it's actually worked quite well so far and there is matchmaking for the dungeons if you if you want to do them but the dungeons are actually not in the base story different to 14 as well so it's actually it's a very approachable game to play like an hour here or there which is unusual for an mmo where you've usually got to play for four or five hours to make any sort of progress at all so you're sort of at all sitting on the fence it is free on game pass god knows what it would cost you on the pony box uh to invest in this game but it's it's <laughs> it's a million dollars. It's uh, it's worth a look. I think I'm quite, I'm quite enjoying it. And then finally, because I'm dragging on, I know I just like to give a shout out to a couple of people this week because with my work, you know, for the last two years through the pandemic, I kept working and out of the house as well. So I haven't, you know, I, I do a couple of days at home, but it's it's been quite a, a sea change to spend every every single day here. And my partner is living now interstate at the moment uh, for his work because if he comes back, so I'm sort of by myself a lot, which is, is interesting, dangerous perhaps uh, on the store, but a, a little bit of a shout out to I'm Styling On You Bro, an American friend that I've been playing some uh, golf, uh, that um, I forget what it is, Golf With Friends uh, game. And it's a, it's a super fun pick up, put down game because of course, as you know, Daryl, our time zones are crazy different. Yep. So it's hard to, you know, even 10 minutes can be difficult. So I've really enjoyed that. A fellow Australian player in Perth, in the, the relatively safe Perth, Olsero, it's been great to have uh, some chats with as well. Uh, and I think that, oh, and, and Zador VP, who keeps uh, giving me game suggestions for amazing Switch games as well. So it's been quite nice to have some social, you know, gaming element as well while I'm trapped in this prison. Feels. But uh, yeah, that's me this week. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Um, thank you so much for the, uh, the, the spam uh, suggestions, by the way. I am popping trophies left and right. I'm not going to announce them just because Tanner will really hate me on this edit. So, Kalai, what have you been playing? So, I bought a package from Fanatical. If anybody doesn't know what Fanatical is, it is a uh, website, kind of like GOG, where you can get Steam. Well, not really like GOG, but you can get Steam. And every once in a while, they do, like, for $7, you get 10 games. But you don't know what the games are. So, it's kind of like you know, you're gambling. So if I have a bad week and it comes up, it usually makes me feel better. And I got a game on there that was so ridiculous looking that I absolutely had to play it before we recorded tonight. Uh, and I'm pretty sure this is going to be like the next Rattalaka game. That's the type of game it is. I could absolutely see Rattalaka latching onto this game and putting it out for everybody to get. It's called Save Jesus. You so um <laughs> are we are we we talking about like saving Jesus uh like Jesus Jesus or just a random homeless guy that looks like Jesus a like Hispanic fellow named Jesus <laughs> the black Jesus Nope nope we are actually saving Jesus and it is so... a puzzler yeah it's a puzzler you're dressed up as a Roman trying to spring the traps that have been set up to kill Jesus. Oh. 
That's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I actually have to play this. And it's really, really funny, too, because if you get it wrong, you'll actually kill Jesus instead of saving him. And he just goes right up to heaven. These games would only ever exist on PC. It's wonderful. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It reminds me of uh, it reminds me of like a couple of Rattlelaka games where like basically all all it is is puzzles. It's level after level of puzzles where you have to you know click get rid of sand sand to like make sure that the ball drops correctly. You want to hit all three stars, then you want to kill the Roman. You should you should send them an email. More than likely, they'll pick that game up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, the only other game I've been playing is um, uh, Dragon Quest XI because I'm, oh, I'm yeah I'm actually really addicted to that game. It's the last game on my li- my second list, Daryl. So I'm almost actually done my second list. This year's gonna be over before you finish that game. <laughs> well, originally I was like, oh, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna absolutely just drop this game and put a whole bunch of other games on my list. That way, you know, like, because uh, when I get closer, I can put it back on my list and get my point and, you know, zero out. Except that I can't stop playing it. I can't physically put the game down to play a different game. So at this point, I'm just going to keep going until I absolutely don't want to play it anymore. And then maybe I'll take it off my list or I'll be done it. I, I don't know. Apparently, there's two there's two credit scenes. Probably after the first credit scene, I might be like, oh, look, credits, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say you're very close to that. I wouldn't stop. You're very close to that first credit screen. So I'd I'd finish uh, that. That's good. That's good. That makes me feel better. I wouldn't tell anybody, but I would take a picture of said credits and then say, oh, look, got my point. Moving on. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, that's what everybody's done. I don't don't know, or maybe I know of one person. Like, everyone says they've beaten that game. That's what they mean. Because the second half of that game, and, like, you know how long you've put in so far, Kalai, like, that... The, the second half is just as long, but it's way more grindy because the, the level of the, the enemies just really skyrockets. So, you know, you, you just got to whack the same monster for hours sort of thing, grindy. So I'd stop gotcha. there. Yeah. Sweet. That's, uh, that's it. So what about you, Daryl? Um, Take it home. So I, uh, I've, I said earlier that I've been playing around with xCloud. Um, so I my life's been, you know, just marathoning. Uh, trash TV in the evenings. And uh, we got the uh, Disney, uh, not Disney, the uh, Discovery Plus. So it's basically nonstop uh, 90 Day Fiance, 90 Days Love After 90, uh, 90 Day Fiance 2. I mean, just life after lockdown, all that. It's just straight up. It's a, it is a subscription service for just reality TV. And my wife is freaking addicted. So what I've been doing is I just been sitting beside her on my recliner with my uh, iPad in my lap and uh, I synced up a PS4 controller and just started streaming xCloud because I heard, you know, you had mentioned that the the beta was going for our iOS. And uh surprisingly enough it works pretty good. Actually, we were in the studio a week ago, maybe is when I started it. I was actually in the studio listening to our vocalist do vocal tracking. And I brought it with me and I was going to try it. So I sat there and I hooked up an Xbox controller, tried it out. It worked really well. Um, I played Injustice 2 because I figure if, you know, if this thing will play a fighter halfway decent, then it'll play. It'll work. And it did okay. It was a little bit of latency, but, you know, 
nothing that I'm not used to with like streaming a PS now game, you know, like to my Vita or something. Um, so then I got, when I got home, I was like, I'll try a bunch of other stuff. So I hooked up a PS4 controller to see how that would work opposed to the Xbox controller. They work the same. It does no difference. Um, but I played a little bit more injustice. I played a little bit of resident evil seven. Um, the latency got really bad on that one. Um, it did not play that game well at all. Uh, but there's another, there's another game and I don't have my, uh, my Xbox stuff around me to, to, to tell you the name of the game, but it's like a, um, a little isometric, uh, hack and slash game where you're like a wolf and, uh, it's on game pass. Every, you, everything you cut up, you straight up slice and dice and, um, there's blood everywhere and it's very, uh, hotline Miami esque. I can't, I can't remember the name of it, but, um, either way, it's really good. Uh, I really enjoyed it and it played that really well. It streamed it very well. I'm going to the iPad. So I messed around with that, uh, knocked out some spam games, knocked out just a handful of the, um, the breakthrough gaming, easy platinums. I know there's a $1, you know, 15 minute plats or whatever. Can I ask you a question before? Because I don't want you to skirt over this. And I obviously mean no disrespect. You're a religious man. I respect that. Those games, they have their their Bible quotes every week uh, within the game uh, or whatever else. Uh, What do you like... like, uh, what do you think of all this? Like, I think it's it's a wonderful way to sneak some religion into us atheists. What do you What do you feel about that? You know, so as a as a straight white Christian man, um, it's cool. You know, it's weird. In the minority, because, that's right. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, but you know, it's it's cool because uh, you just don't see that very often. And granted, it, it, to me, it's not extremely effective, and also. Like the way they throw their Bible verses on there, it's just kind of like these are really, really low, low, low tier garbage games. And then yeah. it's like you almost have to like sit at the main menu for a minute for the verse to pop up. Um, yeah. But it's cool. I mean, it's uh, it's a good way to, I guess, let other believers out there know that hey, I'm a, this is this is you know what I am, and this is this is my game. I mean, you know, we don't really get a lot of. Uh, Christian games, you know, or games from a Christian perspective. I mean, most everything is the stark contrast, you know. Um, well, now you have Save Jesus, right? And then there's uh, there's another one. There's uh, something something to Calvary. I don't think it's uh, I think it's more sacrilegious than anything. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. It was it was interesting. It was like for me, I was like, oh, cool, you know, a believers making games. Too bad the games aren't yeah. good, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I bought all of them. I'm, I bought them. Well, they're, they're I, all easy. I would have bought them whether they were believers or not, but but uh, it's no, interesting. I, I just, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't mean anything offensive, obviously, by no, it. But no, no, I I find it quite interesting because I read them because I never had like religious training or whatever else. You know, life may have been completely different, Daryl. If I had, who knows? Uh, although I'm told it's not it's not a choice, so I'm not sure. Maybe not. But uh, but uh, but but um, <laughs> shout out to the Reverend Fred Nile here. That's strange uh so um where was i going with this but no no i find it interesting because one of the problems is if you've had no religious training it's very hard to do a cryptic crossword because there is a lot of religious quotes or or you know parts parts in there so you know i've considered at times to read the text so i can do that but now i figure if i just play enough of these games because they come every week on a sunday here um i'll (laughs) I'll get my my readings that way which is wonderful there you go before you know it you know we'll get the entire bible in and then uh we'll get a bunch of platinum 
quite a week. Yeah. It, it's, it's cool. It's one of those things to where, you know, uh, in an industry that prides itself on diversity and inclusion, um, you know, that exists and it's not something that's yeah. usually out there. So it's cool. You know, it's like, uh, you, we got a little bit of everything for everybody. And then we got this really, really, really bad set of games with a little bit of scripture in it. So, Hey, we're all covered now. Uh, there's something very right, but I've been playing them and they're pretty terrible and I am not going to stop playing them. So, you know, do with that what you will. Uh, I would say, you know, a little bit of a, I've been buying a lot of Xbox 360 games, like a ridiculous amount. Um, so I've been playing a little bit of Xbox 360, uh, just, you know, chipping away at some, uh, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. I play about a mission of that a night before bed. Uh, but the main thing I've been playing, I guess the only real game of note, uh, would be A Plague Tale Innocence. Um, it is so, so good. Way better than it has any right being. I'm playing the PS5 version. I've owned the PS4 version since near launch. I don't think I bought it day one, but I bought it in that launch window. And um, the PS5 version is free with Plus. And I was like, you know what? I'll try it. Someone on a podcast said you can feel the rats through the controller. And I was like, okay, definitely. I am hooked on this whole haptic feedback and, you know, the trigger gimmick. I think it's just so freaking cool. Kill the rats? Yeah. So um, you've, have you played a Plague Tale before? I played it. Like, but the only time I feel the rats is when I'm playing Rattalakas and I feel disgusted with <laughs> myself after. <laughs> ah, ah, listen, he's got Ooh. half a million gamer score worth of trash and he's drawing yeah, the line does. there. Oh, yeah, my does. goodness. Uh, come on. So, uh, but yeah, no, so, but I'm I'm very interested by that comment, like feeling the rat through controller. So you know how I don't know if that makes me feel like cringe. It, it's very cringy. It's cool though. It's uh, it's one of those things to where um, the ha- having feedback is really adding another layer of the to the experience, and it, I think it's really shining in these horror, um, or horror esque like uh, experiences. So um, with this one. You know, there's like hordes of rats that come like charging at you in there. You know, the entire room will fill up. Well, you can, as the, as the group or the the horde or the wave of them kind of makes their way around you, there's like little tiny bits of vibration. Like, uh, can you hear that noise I'm making? Like, uh, it's, I'm going to do it on my microphone. So if, sorry, listeners, but like just a little bit of like little, little footsteps almost. And it will make its way from left to right across the entirety of your controller, sometimes even through the triggers. So as the uh, as you, you get like a light or something and the rats scurry away from the light, the vibration goes way more to the left, way more to the right, stuff like that. And it's just really, really cool. Um, with Resident Evil 8 Village, there is a uh, particular scene where there's a really grotesque monster. And it gets out of view, but you can feel it sliding across the ground through the haptic feedback on your controller. And I'm really, really starting to to seek out these games that are actually using the haptic feedback and like kind of making that like a more than just a gimmick. Like this is an actual layer to the experience and, and Plague Tale Innocence, it's good. The story's really good. The graphics are pretty decent. It's got like that fine amount of Euro jank that like I'm really attracted to making it feel like a B movie. Um, I'm really digging the relationship between the, uh, the, the girl and her brother, but the, the times where the rats just burst out of the ground and run across the, you know, the rooms and the, and the areas. It's cool, man. 
it's it's very very cool it's a, it's it's very interesting i like playing that way versus i can imagine this game would be less interesting playing on ps4 without that so it's funny you mentioned that because i played that uh on the pro and it, like an amazing game as you say but quite often and it's a well-documented fact um quite often there'd be a huge amount of frame rate issues because just the number of rats on the screen yeah. in certain parts so i, I imagine playing because this version is like they've actually fixed i'm sure they fixed all that and it's yeah, a proper yeah. next gen version so having if you haven't played was it free or, or not yeah, it, yeah the it's PS5. the ps5 yeah. free game this month yeah so so if you haven't played it and you have a ps5 that would be it'd be awesome to jump on and if if you don't maybe just exchange how you do with the ps4 and the library get it free and then and but but wait till you have a ps5 to play it because i think that that boost like I imagine the PS5 is good. I can't. I can't wait to play it again myself in, uh, you know, 4K, 120 frames per second with my 59 <laughs> teraflops. But the, you know, a second best experience on the five is good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, second best is is, is good. Um, the first, first best for me because that's all I have access to and all mm -hmm. I want access to. So. Now I have a question. That haptic feedback. Can you use that on PC? Do we know? Um, no, you can't. I don't believe so. Uh, isn't it? Isn't it the developers have programmed the feature into yep. the game? And yeah, yep. So it's cool, man. It's uh, it, I'm, you know, um, everyone made a big deal about 3D Rumble with the Switch, and they're like, oh, you can mm. feel the balls rolling around in your hand on this these games, you know. <laughs> Uh, and then they pick up the the, the Joy Con because that's what you want, Daryl. Right, right. So, and I was like, you, know, <laughs> you can you can feel the need to to sue Nintendo when your controllers don't work after yeah, how long for some after of them? six weeks. So, <laughs> yeah, dude, I got I got a drawer full of broken drifty Joy Cons right here. But, oh. um, you know, it, I was excited because I like Rumble. I think that is a really cool feature. I like. Mm the feedback when I'm playing games. And uh, I remember when the PS3 came out, they put out the, the Cyaxis controller or whatever and the six axis or whatever it is. And they didn't have rumble because of some patent and some kind of lawsuit. So whenever I got the DualShock three, I will not use one of those janky, you know, other controllers uh, on the PS3 just because it doesn't have rumble. And like, I was a rumble pack kid on the Nintendo 64. I had the rumble, the wrist rumbler for the PS one. It plugged into the controller slot and you plug your, you plug your controller into it and you put the, the wristband around your wrist or whatever else you decided. And then you would, you know, have it rumble there. So I think that's cool. I think that that's another layer of, of gaming that's interesting and that it typically gets overlooked because it's subtle but the PS5 is really using it in a very interesting way. And I think it's going to shine in um, action games with lots of uh, shooting and um, the, and the horror titles. And like, I've been playing call of duty uh, cold war and just every get, every gun feels different, you know, like it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. Resident Evil village, all the guns feel different and grabbing an assault rifle and just kind of firing shots and just, it's a, it's, it's cool. It's very cool. So, just, just to piggyback off that, I'm not going to look this up, but someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. The the French developer behind that Plague's Tale, Innocent, you might know, Shadow, they're tied in with the flight simulator for Microsoft. Yeah, Asobo. so Asobo have done, um, they've done flight sim, they've done Plague Tale. I, I honestly am surprised that Microsoft hasn't bought them already. Hmm. Um, they've also done, do you remember Sitting Ducks, the ABC Kids show? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they did a game based around that. Oh, we've wow. had such a interesting, very diverse um, backlog of games that just each one is so drastically different from the other. And I'm really excited to for the Plague Tale sequel. Yes, yes. So That's yeah, cool. I'm hoping to finish up Plague Tale this weekend, and um, you know, you never know, you might hear a little deep dive on the Loot Bros. I, I really enjoyed this game. I, I'm very excited about it. So uh, it's been good. Levi's game of the year. His, his the year, tenth game year. of the year. <laughs> From my suggestion. I played 15 I played minutes. For... Game of the year contender. Till I forgot my pistol. Just uh, crash. Just some of their other ones too. Zoo Tycoon, Disneyland Adventures, uh, Rush, the Disney Pixar one. They've had quite a interesting... That's very uh, different, yeah. Yeah, backlog. And then some of the ports like Quantum Break as well. Oh, wow. Okay. What is, what is Disney in their list? Hmm. Well, whatever they're doing is working because that game is very, very awesome. So I hope they continue to do games like that. So with that being said, we're going to move into our leaderboards. But first, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, we got some big stuff coming up next week. We'll be making a really uh, cool, exciting announcement on the future of what we're going to do with the podcast. Uh, we've got some episodes popping up in the 2236 feed. Uh, we have Advocation to Climb, CJ's monthly Xbox podcast that Phil Spencer obviously funded himself. Um, <laughs> Come on, Phil. Come it was on. Very, it was very good, man. It was very good. I enjoyed it. I, I listened to it. I actually uh, checked it out on the YouTube until it went live on the uh, on the podcast feed. And I listened to it a second time. Uh, it's a very interesting group of hosts you got there. And it was very cool to listen to you guys talk as like a, as a uh, section of the community that's just, I don't want to say a cut above or a step above, but it's, it's crazy. Different. Well, <laughs> and yeah, they're very, very dedicated. Crazy is very accurate, but it's yeah. like listening that like, like the being on at the top of the leaderboard and those conversations that, that like how they like, look, man, I'll throw 50,000 achievement points in no time. I'll throw a hundred K this month or whatever. And it's like, I mean, this is stuff that I'll do in a year trying you know <laughs> it's scary to think about because like being best friends with somebody who's on top of one of the region's leaderboards in the world like i know that he's very efficient in what he do- like he's very about what's the quickest way i can do something with the least amount of effort possible and i don't get the same feeling from those other massive achievement hunters so it was very interesting listening to that podcast yes it's it's going to be an interesting project because like with most podcasts that you listen to like that you would enjoy listeners there's usually banter and repartee between the hosts because of their shared histories or they know each other what's fun about that is none of us know each other or maybe Memp and, and Rogue know a little bit but Mem- none of us Mem- know Rogue and yeah yeah but no one knew Jay they didn't know me we don't talk during the month ever which is wonderful we're just going to come once a month or so and just talk which is great so it'll be stilted as all fuck but I I sent a message to Mem for this morning and it shows like they're pretty hardcore way more hardcore than me in their gaming and I sent him a message this this morning saying, oh, should we look at next week or something? And he goes, yeah, it sounds good. I'm keen, but it'll just be whether I can get the Xbox controller out of my hand or not. And I was like, okay, then, <laughs> you know, that's sort of, but I mean, they're all having crazy months, as you know, Cameron, because of all these mm. short games. There's so many short games. There's, um, it, it's gone past just little on now. There's oh, so everybody. many of these other developers that I'm seeing add title updates. Mm. Even even some people that are working as community managers trying to get into the One Mill Club 
adding title updates to their own games, but I'm not going to say who that is. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. <laughs> that's, that's my kind of guy right there. So, uh, but yeah, so the, yeah, ch- check out our other podcast. You know, we got uh, the Loot Bros Comic Cast is kind of on hold right now. Uh, but from what I hear, we might have some PC talk coming soon. I don't know, a little bit of Nintendo love. So just uh, stay tuned. We got some big stuff coming. So uh, we're going to do things a little out of order because Kalai has to run. So we're going to jump into the backlog beatdown first. Kalai, you want to knock that out real quick? Yeah. Uh, if you're new to the podcast or a shadowless, I don't know if you know, we do a event called the backlog beatdown. The whole point is to actually play your backlog games and not buy new games. Why is so, it every podcast I'm on these days tells me that I have to focus on my backlog? We all yeah. know that's never going to recover. From they're me. they're copying us, <laughs> man. We've been on this thing for years. All of a sudden, everybody's like, "Hey, this is a good idea." I mean, get off the front yeah, log we, and do the backlog. Yep we have we have a whole entire spreadsheet. It's fantastic. Uh, so if you you put, you make a game of at least five game five games, um, you can do more. If you're a masochist, I do not. Uh, once you beat that game on your list, you get a point. If you decide you don't want a game on your list, you can drop it for minus one point. So currently, Ponder Stevens is still at thirty nine. He's uh, he's up there. Tricky's at thirty two. Cheater. Uh, Gareth Gareth is at twenty four. Daryl, you're at twenty one. Jarrett and Joe is at eighteen. However, Joe was a naughty this week. Is he posted his next list before even posting the fact that he beat games? Up, up, up! Strike him down. Get in like we did, CJ. Make him start over. I know. I know. All the way back down to zero. All the way back, back to zero. zero <laughs> You're not passing, Daryl. Back right. to zero. Hey, I'm at a, I'm at a whole at a standstill. My, I, I was, I made the mistake of putting two games on my list to play with my son, my youngest, and he's in this Fortnite tournament for the next five days. So like he won't play the games with me. So I can't. I, I got like a lot of games that I've got almost beaten. That I'm just like waiting on him so we can finish these freaking long games. So then I can start stacking points again. Look, my little violin here for you, Daryl. I made the mistake <laughs> of buying Take Two or something to play with some American goose, and so now it just sits taking up space on my hey, system. Hey, so I'm going to play a little you, violin you- for us. You're like, oh, I got a, I got an Xbox <laughs> podcast I got to do. Oh, I got, I'm, I'm got all this work I got to do. Uh, all right, um, Matthew Muldane is at fifteen. I'm at nine. Uh, CJ is at eight. TTAM is at eight. Homework gets stuff is at seven. Spider Pact is at six. James is at five. Noah is at four. T Bird's at three. T Bird, man, you can play some games here, buddy. I'm just playing new stuff. I see that. 42J is at 2. Levi is at 2. Rim Ridgeway is at 2. Zoe is at 2. Just Let Me Bang Bro is at 1. Your brother Gangum is at 1. Everybody, let's take a minute to let him know he sucks. Okay? Gangum, you suck. (laughs) Straight up, (laughs) you you freaking suck. You let me down. Mr. I'm a big time streamer. I I do the shake weights. I show my nipples on my stream. Hot tub stream, all that crap. You ain't playing no games killing me your embarrassment uh zachary ledford is at one young U- uk cym is at one um i'm styling your bros at zero john smart is at zero jt is at zero mark lucia is at zero sid's at zero and zach is at zero who hasn't 
made a list that he promised to give us. So he also sucks. He quit coming on the show because he didn't make his list. What a sucker. All right. And that's the backlog beatdown. I am out of here for tonight, guys. Thank you, everybody. I got to go. All right, Kalai. Enjoy your show. So, next up with the backlog beatdown, we have our custom leaderboards. So you guys know the drill. You go to truetrophies.com, trueachievements.com. Join the Loot Bros Podcast custom leaderboards. And then each week we will tell you what CJ played to embarrass you. Uh, the True Trophies uh, custom leaderboard. You got Affectations Daunt with 402 trophies. Yeah, you have the guy who Amazing doesn't play PlayStation. But, you know, whatever. Second place, we got Resident Daryl with 75, which that's actually over 100 now, but, you know, whatever. Um, we got third place with Mr. Lightsight with 25. And he's tied with uh, Tricky Mick for 25. Tricky's actually playing real games and not downloading um, broken Switch saves. So that's pretty good. Nice. And then in the uh, True Achievements leaderboard, which this kind of stuff gets a little embarrassing when you bring on these top dogs like Shadowless and you know, all your all your Xbox you know, top leaderboard guys. <laughs> uh, first place, uh, Sony Pony to you with 9,435 achievement points. Uh, cool Kid Joe and 5,300 achievement points. Third place, Resident Daryl with 1,295 achievement points. And then fourth place, we got, hey, I'm styling on your bro with 1,165. Uh, that is a good story. You don't often hear about people escaping the pony box. And there is a man that he bought a PS5. He's hated himself for the last month. I said, why don't you try the Xbox? He borrowed one. And he's converted. He loves it. He's, he's getting a Series X when he sets himself up in his new place. And, and he's well, just no, he's at home, finally at home. That's wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah, well. He's, uh, he's found the light. So my uh, my son just bought himself a PS5, right, and then stole my Xbox. Yeah. So I'm like, what happened here? What's going on? Instant regret. <laughs> you should you shouldn't have you shouldn't you should have stepped in there, Daryl. Your job as a parent is to help your children make good decisions. Five hundred US on a PS5 is not a good decision, my friend. Well, that's why he bought the digital for four hundred. Yeah. And then and then he turned around and bought that crimson red controller for seventy five dollars. So nah. He's he's uh he's playing a little bit of Xbox with his cousin. So his cousin can't Good get a PS five yet, so he's he decided to come down from his Sony Pony high horse and play with the common folk on the Xbox. Excellent. So all right. Now we're gonna head over into community questions. T Bird, can you read good this week? Nope. Well, we hope so. Just a second. Just give me, yeah, we, hope you, we hope you've been practicing your read good skills. No. It's kind of light this I, week, I so forgot. you shouldn't have to try too hard. Was there any on Discord? No, I didn't see any earlier. I'll check Discord right now, though. All right. We got Matt G. He asks, Summer Games done quick, recently finished, raising over $2.9 million for charity. If you were to attempt a speed run at for an event like this, which game would you want to do and why? Extra points for pre show research to find out world records of chosen games. Oh, it's a throwback to last week's episode, nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. CJ, you want to go first? Yeah, I'm glad I because I, you're gonna you'll steal it. I would try for the world record in I am Mayo because I have an incredible <laughs> wrist action and I'd like to to put it to good use. 
everyone's favorite platinum. So, <laughs> Shadow, you ever done any uh, speed runs? Uh, well, I'm doing the Halo speed running at the moment to get the like under the three hour achievements, and all the names of those achievements are basically after like Naked Eli and Pro Ace uh, Joker, who are the speed runners for those Halo games. So. I would have to say probably a Halo game just because that's where I'm putting the practice in at the moment. Uh, otherwise, maybe something like Banjo-Kazooie because I've got an appreciation for that game being the first game I ever played. There you go. There you go. How tight is the time for the the um, speed run that you're doing? Like, uh... it, it depends which game it is. Like, Halo 2 is a fucking nightmare. Um... Like, my current legendary run for Halo 2 is, like, nine hours, and I need to get it under three. Oh, wow. But saying that we did Halo Reach the other day, like, I did it with a random who's just good at the game, and we got it done first try. So, like, Reach, Odie's T, and three, they seem quite comfortable. Four is probably not going to be too bad either. One and two will be fucking nightmares. Can I ask, do you, um... Like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with this. Obviously, I'm sure it's standard practice to get times down. But do you abuse the system by, like, maybe having a partner hold a checkpoint for you ahead or, or something uh, like this? Or depending on the field. Or... Depending what I do. Like, I like, to, I like to pull off the glitches and that as much as I can. Mm. Because everybody in the, like, you know, it's not manipulating the game. It's just using what's currently in the game already. Mm. Like, you know, getting out of barriers, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, um. I mean, like, if you have an extra person there, like, if you're doing something like Lasso, you need the second person because yeah. there is an Iron Skull that if you die once, you will get reset to the start of the mission. However, the Iron Skull will change the requirements if you're doing in a co-op and just go to the last checkpoint if somebody dies. So, you know, rather than restarting an entire level, you're just restarting to the last checkpoint, which isn't that bad, and you just do the slow crawl it, would it be fair to say that some of it like some of it might be impossible to do solo then you'd, you'd need a uh person. i mean it, anything's possible well yeah for the whether, normal person yeah whether you want to put in that time and effort um i mean but like people said the same thing with gaming so yeah yeah it's oh, interesting um yeah no i i definitely pick something like that though um something like there's just enough like open glitches and that kind of stuff in those games that you know is like learning some of the tips and tricks for it is fun mm. like getting your time down like 5 minutes 10 minutes because you pulled off this insanely hard like out of map glitch or these those games are pretty damn good like the later that you get on but like in terms of being structured strong games Yep. Like Halo CE, you're going to have a lot more opportunities to get out of the map or do these crazy grenade jumps that get you to the very end of the level. Like it's look, look up Naked Eli on YouTube. Like there is a lot of stuff there. Unfortunately, he doesn't do those kind of videos ever since uh, Halo 5 for his own controversies. But um, what was his name? Sorry, I missed that. Naked Eli. He, he essentially, he left the... Um, the speedrunning, I guess, community ever since uh, Microsoft tried to ban him because of his gamer tag. <laughs> they but didn't like they the didn't name. like the name Naked. Oh, like Eli. After he had done um, every Halo game up until four, 
they asked him to change his name and it's like, no, this is my identity. I built the entire brain around this. Why would I change it? And that was his name on, on Xbox. He didn't have something else as well. Just that naked Eli. Just naked Eli. Yeah. He, he still Crazy. got like all of the videos up on YouTube. And oh, I, yeah. I definitely, like definitely recommend checking that if you're going to do those kind of speed runs. Yeah. Heck yeah. But that's, yeah. uh, that's my answer. T-Bird. Well, I was going to say Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. I just looked it up. The fastest time is 21 minutes and 51 seconds. Crazy. <laughs> is that using... There's like a glitch at the start for Bloodborne, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's using that glitch. How do you beat a game like that in 21 minutes, even with a glitch? What You load in and it takes you right to the end, does it, or something? Something like um, that. You bypass like half the game by doing that. And there's one, like, in the halfway point it takes you to, you can jump into the boss arena, then you quit out. So those bosses in there in that arena freeze, so you just sit on there and wail on them. I didn't beat a single I've watched, boss in that game for, in 21 minutes, much less the whole game. <laughs> I've actually watched people speedrun this game. It's it's sickening. Yeah. It's like, oh, look at this. I'm struggling with this whole game, and they're just beating it casually in 21 minutes. <laughs> you know no what armor, I'd like to see, no, Tanner? No I reckon I reckon you'd be able to do this. I know you were talking about this last week with um uh, Corey. There, it came up or whatever. Beating one of those Dark Soul bosses with your feet. I would like to see oh. that. Would you give it a try just for a bit of fun, have a few beers and get the feet out? Or <laughs> I have to figure it out. I've had to figure out how to push the buttons, but yeah. Isn't, isn't there somebody on Twitch that does like all different types of like, he's done the, you know, the GameCube Donkey Kong uh, drum kit, bet the game that way. <laughs> Somebody's mm-hmm. bet the game mm-hmm. using a banana controller. A guitar hero. Uh, guitar hero, yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. I barely beat the game using controller and three help, three people helping me. <laughs> Next thing you'll you'll be seeing somebody use a microphone, just going up, back, hit. Yep, dodge, dodge. Just sing. I think I've death. seen somebody. I think I've seen somebody try to do that. Crazy. That's nuts. So as for me, I've had to do some speed runs with uh, Resident Evil. So uh, typically, I would say, well, whatever next Resident Evil trophy list I had to plan on tackling, probably the Resident Evil uh, 3 remake, Resident Evil 2 remakes. But I actually used to speed run the OG PS1 version of Resident Evil 2 for fun. And I've, I've mentioned this story before on the show, but my brother and I would set them up PS1 on one CRTV and then uh, the at Nintendo 64 version. And he, we would do no save runs, just straight blast of the game. Who could beat it first? But the Nintendo 64 cartridge would load so much faster than the PS1, the disc. So I would get stuck at the doors, you know, and have to wait on the load. And my only saving grace was hoping that he died and didn't save so that I would, I could pass him. But I'm not, I'm not huge on speed runs i actually the the reason why i don't have all the platinums for resident evil games is for those that reason i just get so aggravated you know like i don't find enjoyment of shaving my time and and like uh master like learning a game having to play it so many times that i so that i memorize it so i know where to go where not to go i get i typically get frustrated and, and move on so speed runs are not my favorite T-Bird, what else we got? Uh, I got to tab back over. 
Jared writes, what are your favorite games that involve going to that involve prison or go, or jail? And why would you prefer that to be your real life rather than living in Australia right now? That's right. Ooh. That's right. Ooh. True. Uh, I'm trying to think. You went to jail in uh, Uncharted 4. Yeah. You went to jail in... Um, I didn't play A Way Out, but you you're, you start off in jail in that game, don't you? Yeah, Way Out's a good one. Yeah. Well, actually, it's funny you mention that because I'll throw a little story here. So Way Out, uh, it starts, it's like the Shawshank Redemption of games, isn't it? And uh, back in the, whenever this was, like three years ago, this game came out, something, maybe mm-hmm. maybe longer, in that vicinity. Anyway, I had this uh, friend, and this is an interesting story because, you know, you, you're with a lot of people, you just message, you never speak to them. And so this particular person, FM Fab, and uh, I didn't find out till later that this person was like 15 uh, or something else. And uh, we ended up, which is there's nothing wrong with that, Jared, as you know, you like them young as well, I'm told. But uh, but the, the interesting thing about that game was, is, and you'd appreciate this, Daryl, he was homeschooled and he was highly religious. So you, there is no way in hell, literally, you could find two people on the opposite side of the spectrum. <laughs> and his mother, I, I was tweaked to the fact of, oh, he's a really nice kid, uh, but his mother, I was tweaked to the fact of his age because his mother wanted to come onto the chat to meet me to see if I was an upstanding gentleman. She proved that I wasn't and, and allowed the relationship to continue or whatever else. But the, the funny thing about that, we're detracting here, Jared, but you know, it happens. The funny thing about that game is if you remember, Daryl, right early on, there's some nudity. The old fella is flapping in the breeze uh, for one of the characters and he uh, was not allowed to watch that section. So he had to, to his, his mother had screened the yeah. game for him. I think you've talked about doing this with your kids. And um, yeah. he had to look away for that section. So there you go. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. But he's of legal yeah. age now, I'm told. So it's, it's all above board. <laughs> yeah, I actually haven't played that one yet. So I, I, don't, I didn't know anything about the old. Uh... It's right at the beginning. Yeah, it's okay. very, very. I know what to. I know Don't what you worry. As soon as Miles now, as soon as Daryl plays it, he's going to take a picture of it and send it to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh come like, on! Look at this. Got a winger. picture of the pig nuts the other night. Was a good one. <laughs> you you managed to find the genital genitals of anything in, in every video game, uh, man. Dude, that was funny. I was I was hiding. I was you know I was doing stealth. Yeah, and there's just a couple old old swinging meat bags just kind of right there. I've got a I've got a few good answers for this one now. All right. Um, starting off, uh, Prison Architect. Okay. Because yeah. I like I like those kind of management games. Um, probably a good one. Sensor, uh, like you know, let's make the perfect prison. Uh, the second one would be the GTA Heist in GTA Five. Uh, just because I love playing those kind of multiplayer aspects. In terms of story, I would say Call of Duty Black Ops with Reznov escaping, I think it's Ascend from Darkness. Yeah. Black Ops is a good one. So I would say Resident Evil Code Veronica. You know, you're stuck on a remote island in prison. There is, much like, you know, Australia, there is a virus <laughs> raging, you know, much like Australia. Um, and there is a Leonardo DiCaprio lookalike that has two shiny golden guns who slow motion dives out of a window while screaming your name. So, I mean, I've, that's, that sounds pretty, uh, sounds pretty interesting to me. So, uh, 
that last bit, that's definitely Australian, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think all I did was describe Australia, so. <laughs> uh, so it's so yeah. funny you mentioned the GTA, the heists. I'm sure all of us have attempted them in, in some way or another, but there's no surprise to any of the listeners that when I play a co-op game, I always choose the character that requires the least involvement, maybe rides in the backpack <laughs> if possible. And so I was playing that, and there's an achievement or trophy for getting through the heist without dying. And I was playing with a sort of a serious group and I'm like, you know, this is a little bit nerve wracking here because I've had a couple of wines and, you know, I can barely see the TV, but we'll be right. And anyway, so we get right through to one of the bank things and I thought was just enjoying the ride. It was wonderful. And then the hacking mini game started and it came up and I said, look, why don't you do this? And he's like, no, no, you've got to do this. And of course it was too much for me and we died. And uh, that ruined that game for me. That's the last time I ever played it, I think. But (laughs) it's funny. It's funny those memories, isn't it? We were. Uh... I've been doing it quite a bit with Matt lately because the uh, the servers were closed for three sixty and in December, so he's just been like, I just need an extra person, so I've joined in. And yeah, those those hacking mini games. I like how it just starts you off like with such mm. an easy one yep. in the tutorial, and then it's like when you're doing the actual heist, it's like, all right, cool. We just bump the difficulty up to eleven for you. Let's <laughs> see how you go. And especially when they're trying, is it the mastermind achievement or one of those achievements for not dying? Mm. And so it's quite like, you've got to be a very skilled team. You can't carry someone in the backpack. Like it's, I got it's a first mistake. go. Yeah. Well, you know, you're a skilled <laughs> wow, gamer. You're a hall of gamer. Uh, so. But, uh, but it, Neo got so frustrated because Neo is like, all right, like you definitely got hit. I'm like, no, I didn't. He's like, well, I didn't get hit. I'm just like, well, why did I get the achievements? And then they're not, uh, not you. But, uh, yeah, they're yeah. hard, hard achievement. I tried playing that game online at launch, and that first thirty days, it was destroyed and broken, and uh, I ne- I never went yeah. back. So mm. uh, I keep I, I keep saying I'm going to, but there are a I lot keep... of fun if you're with a casual group, like if if you're just for fun. But yeah, it's quite intensive. If it's not, <laughs> yeah. we should put a loot bros group together and just go cause mayhem in GTA. Really, really detracting here. But have you heard about this is like way, well, it's like GTA related. I was listening to this podcast the other day. It was a little older one. And they were talking about like, I think it was in GTA because uh, I can't think of any other game like like it. And they, they actually play, um, it's on PC they do this. And they all have characters and they actually like characters have occupations and it's like role playing. So it's not just like, you know, you're, you're the guy in the game. You're like, you, you could be a banker. So you you have like a like a, a sheet they send you, which is like you know your backstory, and you've got to act in character when you meet other people in the game. Have you heard about this? Or yeah, the like GCA so... role playing. Yes, yeah, it's a real thing, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Dude, but, have uh, you heard about the motorcycle group that meets up and they ride together? And it's like an actual like a biker gang, but they only ride on GTA. Yeah, it's just the same sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and then people as as they would get in there and fuck with them, but that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, nobody's game enough to you know call out a hit on a bikey gang in real life. Why not just do it in GTA? There you I go. tell you what, though, the chat in GTA because it's that open chat, you know, and you oh. you got your thirteen year old banging banging his sister in the corner, and the mother's like, you know, go for it, son, and all this sort of stuff's going on. It's it's great. keeping the good old days of the three sixty and the PS three alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the first game I ever played uh, multiplayer, and you know, being a mature gentleman at that stage, I was shocked. I thought this is wonderful that this goes on. I'm sure I heard a gun go off a, a couple of times, a real gun. <laughs> In the background. <laughs> what do they call it? A testy pop or whatever? It's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and old desk pop. 
Despot, that's it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. So that's the end of community questions. It was a light week this week. Appreciate you guys writing in. Um, this week's official topic is one we've been trying to do for a while. We've been trying to get together. Uh, we've added CJ to the panel. We've added Kali and Joe, and, and it just seems to work itself out to where every time we decide to get to know our new host a little better and talk about our favorite games of all time, they manage to bail, which just tells me that they are not real gamers. They actually don't like games. So, CJ, we got you. Shadow, we got you. So we're gonna do what we're gonna do is we're gonna go around the table and each person just name one of your, you know, maybe we'll do three, maybe we'll do five, maybe we'll do thirty, who knows? Uh just one of your favorite games of all time. Doesn't have to be your most favorite. It can be a recent game that you play that just has a lasting impression. But Shadow, we'll start with you. What is just one of the games that you just would you would consider one of your favorite games of all time? Uh I never would have thought about it going into it, but Forza Horizon Four. Okay. Like absolutely um and it might just be the community aspect of it too that everybody seems that I'm good at races, and I like to think that I'm more better at FPS. But like the whole community around RGS at the time and now Hall of Gamers, it's just like, well, you're getting the full completions in Forza Horizon. Like you, you're definitely like a lot better at this. And I hear people complaining about. Um, I'm not sure how many of you are aware of the battle royale mode in uh, Forza Horizon Four called the Eliminator yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everybody to me like says that's the worst achievement and all that. i'm like i got this in like the first few days it wasn't hard i don't see what people's problem with it but just knowing like having played for the series now going from one two three four seeing how well they're advanced seeing how good five looks and how keen i am for it to come out in november i would definitely say they're the the prettiest and like most arcadey laid back kind of fun races out on the market tonight. You're a very modest gentleman there, as as you can tell, listeners. But I, I want to pull you up on something there, sir, because I'm pretty sure it was you. I asked about that achievement, and your mm. tip at the time was, well, you just play it, just keep playing it over and over, and just keep going for one corner, and eventually you'll luck box the yeah. enough wins to get it. And I thought, you know, that 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 really is a skillful approach to this mode, isn't it? Well, that that's that's the thing. Like, um, you get to like the last because how how it works is essentially you'll have stages where you're you know, you'll find somebody and you challenge them to a race and you got to get to this point better than them and that's how you eliminate them. Mm. And then when you get to the final 10 players out of, I think it's like 60 starting up or something along those lines, uh, you'll have the final 10 all race to that finish line. But if you already know that you're going to just about go into that race, it's like, all right, I've got a 50-50 chance. Am I going to just ride, uh, just drive directly out in this direction and get a massive head start or am I going to shoot myself in the foot? you know, eventually you're going to get to a point where you luck out and go, all right, well, there's no way I could lose this because everybody else hasn't even considered moving off the starting line. It's not going to penalize you, or at least it wasn't at the time. I don't know if they've changed how it works now, but um, that's how I got my achievement so early. And there is one that's essentially win the Eliminator using a starting car because you'll have drops like how these other battle royales work, like having drops to upgrade your cars and that kind of stuff. I didn't find it difficult, but I know that all the achievement communities that I'm in, it's the 
it's the thing that that game gets groaned about like why why is this a feature but i'm glad like i i hear they're bringing it back for five so i'm excited yeah I wanted to ask you just before we move on because uh, I, I never never asked you this, I suppose, and it's uh, doesn't it doesn't I don't worry about it so much anymore because I, I don't care. But back in the when I was playing a lot of PlayStation and races, I, I did care, and quite often you'd buy the game or you try and get access to the game as soon as possible because of online modes where they're skill dependent. So I'm thinking like this, this is a perfect example. Like people would get better at this mode or. Dirt Rally um, 2.0 and both Dirt Rallies were a great example and they had the blind stage and the, mm. the longer you left that, like today, that would be a bloody tough trophy because the only people left playing it are really good and, you know, the top 25% get it in a month or, or whatever else. It's a very small pool. But see, is that in the back of your mind, like when you see trophies like this or achievements, sorry, uh, not, that you need to get not, them early? Not particularly. Like to me, it's more so chasing server closures than it is anything else. I'm not concerned about my like my skill level compared to somebody else purely because I know that my mindset in gaming is I'm that individual that will go up against the brick wall over and over again until I finally get it. It's very rare occasions that I get frustrated with gaming and it's usually because I feel cheated because you know there's been a game breaking glitch or I've had to reset progress or something along those lines but there's very rarely a time where I'm like I'm, you know, I'll constantly die on a roguelike and that, and it's how the game plays. It might be a little bit frustrating, but I'm not going to go break a controller, quit gaming, you know, get toss, toss in the, um, the completion because of it. I'm going to keep on, I'm either going to go to another game for like five, 10 minutes to give myself a little bit of a break, or I'm just going to keep on going until I make progress, which is usually what happens. Yeah. I don't know if you see a lot of that in the Xbox community, but it was it was really big in the PlayStation community with the hardcore, mm. especially with the 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 MXGP games because they had uh, that MXGP Pro, which ended up being a broken trophy and achievement where you had to finish on the top of your friends leaderboard, but in the, in reality it didn't upload mm. friends, so it became the top fifty in the world, which you know is is almost impossible today yeah. to do. And they keep that trophy coming, and it, they've been better since then. But um, I like, know a lot I'm... of people worry about that. I've never been a fan of the um of like the leaderboard approach to achievement hunting. I I personally I don't find achievement hunting fun when you're getting pitted against the progress of other players. Yeah. I I feel like in terms of achievement hunting it in in terms of achievement hunting you should always be pitted against yourself. You should always be looking at self-improvement rather than what's this other person doing. Yeah. And that could be said with anything in life. You're not going to get anywhere in life by just copying the work of others or setting yourself against the standards of other people. You've got to work on your own self-improvement. There you go. It's for Luke Bro's words of wisdom right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, CJ. Uh, yeah, well, I'll go the opposite. Yeah, the opposite end of the spectrum, not not a modern game. It's the first game I remember playing back in the Dark Ages uh, on uh, on the family PC. So I must have been like eight in that, that vicinity, eight to ten or something. And so we had no computers. My parents didn't believe in any of that sort of stuff. But my dad got one for work and it's wonderful, Tanner. Like I remember the hard drive had 40 megabytes. That was it. It's <laughs> <That was> amazing <laughs> uh, <laughs> how far we've come or whatever else. And it was a text-based game called Taipan. 
Uh, it was a trading uh, game. Uh, you traded in like um, like a, a ship trading thing, but all text, of course, with China and, and different countries and your wool and all that. And I, I used to, I really loved that game. And of course, like it probably was warrant to happen back then, but I didn't know computers died or whatever else. And we lost the game. Like, I don't know how it got on the computer, but it was there somehow and it was gone forever. And uh, like, I thought it was always nostalgia um, because you know, so it's a long time ago playing that game. And the, the funniest thing is, is I didn't, didn't know that find out this for years but they actually ported the game to ios and maybe on other systems now so you can actually play it on your ipad and it's the original and it's like no one would like it today because it's you know rough as guts a game from the 80s but it, that um you know i play it occasionally now and, and i know it's tied up in nostalgia but it's just that that core mechanic in that game and i know it's not graphics you know it's a blue screen and but that core mechanic of trading and seeing your resources sort of go up and you know there's a bit of randomness if the ship sinks you lose stuff so so it's always you know always things going on and that's the mechanic that i think even though the games we, we play today they're amazing you know whiz bang and all this sort of stuff aging me that phrase uh but that core mechanic of you know the trading of the things going up in increments and the and the slight risk as well um it's the same sort of games i play today i think so i think i owe a lot to that that particular game for myself right then awesome awesome so t-bird um definitely one of my favorites of all time is pokemon silver okay it wasn't the it wasn't the one that got me into Pokemon, but obviously I started with I think I started with Pokemon Red. Pokemon Silver was just the continuation and just making everything so much better. Basically, you had two games in one with that one, just because you had you had the new region, and once you got done beating, once you beat that one, you go back to the other region from where the uh, first one started. Sweet, sweet. Plus, it's. That was like well, I think that was one of my very first RPGs, so it's got me it got me hooked on that ever since. And you played that on a Game Boy, or was that on uh, on console? Oh yeah, the Game Boy. Color? I think, yeah, uh, I think they had, I think color was the one for them. I didn't have the color; I had the big uh, brick one. How many batteries you reckon it took to finish that game? Too many. <laughs> Probably more than the entire system cost. Those were the original microtransactions. <laughs> Batteries, Duracell, and Energizer. So uh, I know. So you guys have been listening to the show for any amount of time. You've heard me say Resident Evil Two favorite game of all time. So I'm not going to mention any Resident Evil games, nor will I mention Dying Light tonight. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know. I actually went uh, just kind of. Go ahead. I was going to say Dying Light's a good one. Oh, I love that game, dude. Oh, one of my favorites. But that's not what I'm here to talk about tonight. Uh, I actually uh, w- was thinking, like, what games really dig up some of the fondest memories from, you know, previous generations? And one that I think about all the time and have been actually on the prowl looking for. I could order it on eBay, but I've been trying to find it in the wild just because I get really excited when I find a game in the wild, you know? And uh, it would be uh, PsyOps. I don't know if you guys ever wow. heard of PsyOps. Yeah. But uh, I, it was a PlayStation 2 OG Xbox game. And it was a third-person shooter. Very similar to like your, um, your uh, not SOCOM. What's the uh, the ones that the uh, Sony Ben made? The uh, Siphon Filter. But you had telekinesis powers. And you could pick people up with your left hand. 
like have them hovering in the air and then have like an like a machine gun or a pistol or something in your hand and then shoot them with the gun in your right hand. And I just thought that was so cool. This is before we, you know, your Star Wars games and, you know, where you had your Jedi powers and stuff. It was such a phenomenal game. And I remember playing it and having such a blast and just being blown away that the physics were, you know, would work that way. And to this day, I would say the closest thing to it would be control where you can, the physics and the, you know, picking people up with your telekinesis power and launching them across the map and things. So uh, it was very, very, very interesting game and a game that I would love to see um, brought, you know, in a remaster remake, you know, to modern console. Realistically, if I revisit it now, it might not be that as good, but at the time it was one of my all time favorites. Shadow, you're up. Um, going back to nostalgia, Age of Empires 2. That was the first PC game I ever played. And you know RTSs, they're just a massive time sink. Mm-hmm. I'm so fortunate that all the games actually coming back to... um, Like they're actually getting put in PC Game Pass at the moment. Because two... No, three just had a DLC pack added the other day. And four's coming out in October, and two's still getting more content added to it, which is crazy to think that a game that from twenty, I don't know what year it released, but like twenty something years ago, from my childhood, that I spent countless hours in front of the computer. Like, not many people know that I used to want to be an archaeologist growing up, mm-hmm. and then I tried to get in. Like, I I did a little bit more research and trying to get an archaeology as an Australian is hard. <laughs> it's it's one of those just contract-based jobs, and it's just like, uh, all right, cool, probably not going to do this end of the day. Um, I'll just enjoy the history map through these games. Awesome, awesome. All right, CJ. Yeah, well, I'll come, I'll come more modern then, I suppose. And... Uh... For me, like being predominantly a single single player gamer and having played so many Japanese RPGs or whatever else, and and you know of all of all qualities, some some better than others, of course. Finding well, ironically, finding the Final Fantasy series because it was one of the last ones that I found, and actually working backwards through it, and then never really getting past fourteen, uh, but starting with fifteen and then fourteen, I thought those games. Like I, I love, I really love fifteen, and I know that's a there's not many people that would agree with that or whatever else. But when you'd never played any of the early Final Fantasy games, you didn't, you know, you didn't know what they were like. You didn't experience the turn base, so you had no point of reference. So I thought that was a wonderful a Japanese Assassin's Creed, which is exactly what it is. And I, you know, I really enjoyed that. And then moving through fourteen just obviously blew my mind with MMOs. And you know, I've said before that. When I started playing, I was told at the time to be careful because, you know, some people live their better lives in an MMO. And it's yeah. very true. Like, you know, the, the amount of knowledge they have and, and the depth of those games is amazing. And I think I, I understand why people avoid them because they are time sinks. But I think, you know, if you're a, I don't, you know, I'm not going to say a proper gamer or a real gamer because that's ridiculous. But I think it's a real shame if you, if you game, you know, for a good period of time or your life and you never invest, you never find an MMO to invest in because, they're a long-term game. They're a game that you'll play yeah. over years. And, you know, we've talked about before, like this, this continual push to keep releasing a new game with a new world. 
when really they should just stick with these worlds and just build them out would be so much you know better for for us older gamers that don't have time to learn all new systems and that's why you know an mmo is amazing but then to move to 12 that i did the other year um final fantasy 12 and to start to see some of the older games it's and and the way they were made and and you know working in zones and the frustrations of random drops um you know which i'd always avoided but you know thanks to zador I, he made me well, he didn't make me but he encouraged me to platinum that game and then also within that game amazing like rng calculations people had worked out to 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 get certain drops and things you you know you did and places you stand and i you know while i didn't do that myself i i watched some of that and i thought it was amazing the effort you know people had put in to look at the source code and run generators number generators to work all that out so just the it's depth. amazing how yeah. diverse all of them are too like 12 was yeah. the reason i went out and bought a ps4 yes yeah yeah it's it's an amazing um game the concurrences i don't know if you remember that not not so not so fun that trophy was a nightmare um doing that but uh but the game amazing yeah and i think like you know you know we talk a little bit about trophies or achievements and there's always you know both sides of the fence but that list for that game and i assume it's the same list on xbox as well uh requirements it's a really good trophy or achievement list yes it's going to take you like 150 to 200 hours to do but it's a perfect example of blending story, um, side quests, hunting boards. It, it gives you a little bit of RNG. There definitely is RNG. It's going to make you, you know, really understand how the game works because you have to hit certain areas at certain times of the day. So, so the depth in that list, I think, is is wonderful. And you know, if you haven't played it and you just play it for the story, that's awesome. But if you if you like a real challenge, and nothing in that is is too difficult, with the exception of the concurrence, which is very cheap. Uh, and dependent on your reaction times uh but a, a different aside from that i think it's one of the probably 12 is one of the the best jrpg lists perhaps it's yeah. been surpassed daryl by and this will shock the ponies the the ps5 final fantasy 14 list which they they put mm. a new list out which is amazing um it's a real tribute to proper mmo gaming you know with 3000 fates and and massive requirements not these small requirements <laughs> of the ps4 version which is how it should be for a game of that thing so that whole series but particularly 15 14 and 12 for me uh, are probably the, the the core maybe the best games that i've played across systems. have you experienced 10 yeah i've played a little bit i really haven't got into it yet so that would be my next i only do ten, one a year <laughs> 10 i remember like when i was um i would have been like i think 11 12 borrowing it from a video store and just the starting for that game yeah. yeah just just the other world song is just amazing the cutscenes on a ps2 back then yep were amazing like it was just a totally it just blew me out of the water to what was achievable in terms of gaming yeah it was impressive man I, i'm actually just recently started that over on my vita mm. and yep. I'm sad to say that this week I lost a uh, I had a Vita memory card die and I lost lots of minutes of that game. <laughs> but I remember playing that one on PS2, man. That was a good one. Amazing story too. So, yep, I'm excited. Yes, it was. Unfortunately, I don't feel the same way about uh, X2, but um that's a different story. <laughs> Everyone says that. <laughs> I don't think I ever played X2, so I wanted to go back through 10 to then play 10. Not many people did. <laughs> so, T-Bird, you're up. 
Actually, I'll go with that. Final Fantasy X was one of my uh, favorite RPGs I've ever played. Didn't you buy a PS2 I think... and play back through that not too long ago? Uh, did I? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Ago, I that's been a few years ago. I think that was a catalyst of wanting to redo it, but then they're like, oh, look, it's on the PS4 now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but no, that was actually my first Final Fantasy game I've ever played, and it, it got me hooked on RPGs ever since. Or It was... That and Pokemon really helped me like fall in love with uh, RPG games like that. Now that everything's going like, what would you call it? More free roaming or whatever you can uh, in RPGs? Instead like of uh, the, the whole turn based. Yeah, swap from yeah. turn based to like the open combat system. Yeah. I haven't gone back and actually played an old turn based game like this in a while. I need to do it. Yeah, yeah, kind of keeping along that theme of RPGs, since that's where we're at, one of the other games I wanted to mention was uh, Parasite Eve. So I've, I know I've talked about it on the show before, but that's like uh, like a Resident Evil meets Final Fantasy. Turn-based, uh, random encounters, but, you know, uh, very, very beautiful pre-rendered backgrounds. Uh, just a very interesting game that has horror elements, but yet that Final Fantasy, you know, battle system. And uh, I just remember as a as a kid playing that on PS One and just being just blown away. Uh, and I can't remember which one I played first, Final Fantasy VII or Parasite Eve, but I remember playing them both very at a very similar time. And those are just some of the best games with amazing stories, uh, and I just really really enjoyed them. And I really would love a modern Parasite Eve or since we're living in the, the era of <laughs> remakes, remasters, you know, they're even just a modern, you know, just let me play it on a modern console, you know, but not that old Jimmy Ryan will ever let me do that, but you know, I just would love to be able to revisit generations. that. They believe in generations. Yep. Yep. For now, I guess. No, they don't anymore. So I don't know. They believe in the PS4 generation. So, but man, I would love to play that again. You know, you just talk about like just, that old era of Final Fantasy games and just you know getting into RPGs and again I don't remember which was my first Final Fantasy VII or uh, Parasite Eve but those were the first you know RPGs I'd ever experienced and the first turn based RPGs you know like I and they were just mind blowing I just thought they were awesome and the fact they were multiple discs it was like there's so much game so it was very very enjoyable so extremely fond a- memories of those. It's a real shame that, like, I know Cameron's played a bit of Yakuza 7 and, you know, they, they, they implemented a turn-based of sorts and it, it's the future of turn-based. And, like, I was, I've been thinking about it a lot and, like, you know, your old-school turn-based, like, everything sort of stops, you know, like your Dragon's Quest and you can plan out what you, what you want to do and, and moving doesn't necessarily affect anything, you know, where you are on the board or, or whatever else. And so there's a lot of strategy potentially that comes into play. Leveling comes into play. And then... You, you get this modern take on turn base, which is in Yakuza Seven, which is awesome. Don't get me wrong, but you know you can move around. You've got all this shit going on. There's so much there to keep you like engaged. And I think I wonder if like that's the future of turn base because you know we're older gamers, so we played these you know static games. So perhaps we gravitate to that that style of combat, and it's easier as you get older too, definitely. But when you come through and you're playing like your Call of Duties and your Fortnites and all this, you're not going to want to sit there and, and wait for the computer to have a go. Like I'm not waiting for you, yeah. you know, and, and that sort of stuff. So, so turn-based it's, you know, and it's, 
it's becoming so close to like a hack and slash turn-based as well. Like, I mean, you know, uh, what's uh, like that, that Scarlet Nexus, which I know is, is a hack and slash, but it's like, you know, it's got a lot of things going on strategy wise, but that could have been a really good turn-based game, I think. But instead they went the, the hack and slash route over the top and, it's just interesting how that style's changing. And I wonder, like in 10 years, when we talk about turn-based, that's what it will be. It's not that it stops at all. You know, it's just that it's all on the fly sort of thing. It's a shame. So something I've been trying to do with my kids is I've been picking games to like revisit. And and basically what I've had to do is I kind of have to disassociate from all modern gaming to make it happen. So... Yep. um what we've been doing is we did like last weekend, we did like a retro party where we just like went to my brother's house and set up retro consoles and played old games. Cause I'm like, there are some games out there you need to experience. But if, if I plug this up beside your PlayStation five or your Xbox, or your PS4, you know, it's like, you're going to be distracted. We need to like completely get away from it. And, uh, same thing goes for, um, like a certain some nights I'll be like, all right, we're going, we're going to set up a console, a retro console in a, in a different room. And we're all going to pass the controller and play. And, you know, I found that my kids, you know, they are that Fortnite generation. They're that instant gratification. Like I don't have time to wait, you know, and, but they've made some time for this stuff and they, and they've got to experience some of them. Um, and then yeah. we, I found some, uh, some kind of modern versions of these things. So like, uh, one of the things my kids, uh, I started them out real early was a, um, angry birds had a turn-based RPG game on the, uh, it might've been on iOS and Android, but I, we played it on the, on the, the fire tablet and it was a uh, angry birds, you know, turn-based RPG. And dude, my kids played the fool out of it. And it was just one of those games that I was like, man, we're going to invest in this just because it gives them that old style. And I don't want them to be the kids that are like, oh, I can't play nothing but Call of Duty and Fortnite, you know? So uh, it, it's I'd very be interesting. In your opinion, Tanner, because uh, just going back to that Scarlet Nexus, because my one gripe with that game is it feels like I'm in a casino when I play it. And I, like in the back of my mind, it's like, you wouldn't want to be epileptic in this game. And I know it's as anime as all fuck, but there's so much like flashing lights and the movie and all this stuff. It's so over the top. And I, I just find that a massive detraction. And I know you, you play, you know, some anime games, uh, sir. Uh, <laughs> do you find that or do you, do you like all of that? I can see, I understand it being a whole lot, a lot to take in at once. But some of the, like that's what she I said. don't I don't mind it, but I can I can see how it would be annoying. But yeah, it's it's not so I much the know. systems; it's just you know, like you, the finishing move and the color is flashing. It's like being in a casino. That game, it's crazy. Yeah, and which it's not a bad thing. And like I know, aging yourself by saying that, but I was just like, God, there's so much going on; it almost detracts from the game. But I suppose that that's where we're 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 heading. I mean, basically, yeah. what I see is if you're not having a seizure while playing a game, did That's you right. even play the game? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> where did those four hours go? <laughs> so, all right, who's next? I don't even know where we're at anymore. I think it's uh, Shadow's turn. I'm just trying to think of uh, another one. Um, going along the theme, I guess, of Final Fantasy Kingdom Hearts uh, 2. It's one of my favorites. It's a good one. I've uh, been to the point that I played through recently and did a critical mode on my first go 
never would have attempted that when I was a younger kid and just being able to go through and enjoy the games again for what they are. Actually having um I was uh I had my daughter last weekend and I was trying to find something that was gonna be like a good game for both of us and just having something with Mickey, Donald and Goofy. Uh it's so easy just to get her like, you know, give her an unplugged control and be like, Yeah, let's play Kingdom Hearts together. <laughs> Just for that aspect. Every um, parent has done that trick. <laughs> she's she's at that age though. Like she's only two, but she knows that a light means the controller is on. Yeah. So it's like, oh yeah, let me turn this on for you. And then quickly just take a battery out, try and <laughs> keep her still for like 15 minutes when she sees Mickey on the screen. And then it's like, oh no, let's run off. I did that, man. <laughs> I, I did that with all three of my kids and my third one. He picked up the, 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 the easiest He's like, dude that's not right this isn't doing what i'm doing this isn't right <laughs> <laughs> i can't wait till she's at that age though that we can actually start co-oping games together oh man it is and, it is the best dude it's like having like three kids man and like at any given time i'm like hey i need someone to boost this with me or i just want to yeah. have someone to play this game with me like it is playing games with your kids is the best definitely so, cj yeah, probably, probably my last one, I think. It, it's so funny, like, gaming and the last, well, the last three weeks pre- previous to this week, I had off and so you couldn't go anywhere anyway. So I got a, a stack of gaming in and then a little way more than normal this week. And I imagine it's going to be like this now for a month or so going forward. And one of the things I always notice, and I, I know it's a trap, Cameron, you probably see this as well. It's a trap when you mix with people that game a lot, like are really hardcore yeah. gamers, and they're getting through all these games and like they say, yeah, I finished this last night. Like I had a guy messaged me this morning. He'd just finished the Annapurna Active uh, last stop, which was only out like yesterday. And it's not, it's not like a two hour game. It takes a while. And, and he goes, I finished it. What did you think? And I'm like, oh, shit, I haven't even started. And, you know, and, and then someone else has finished this. And cause they're gaming a lot or whatever else finishing a lot. I always get this in the back of my mind that I'm not really getting through anything, which is such a weird thing. Cause you know, I spend hours and I've played so much or whatever else, but I think part of that is tied up in in the games like uh, this next series that I really like, and I know it's a, it's going a direction that a lot of people don't like, uh, and it's the Assassin's Creed uh, series, the last three in particular, the Origins, Odyssey, and and Valhalla. And the problem is when you play games like this that are hundred plus hours, you don't make a lot of progress. Like you can spend thirty hours and you're not going to finish it, and thirty hours you can finish most other games. Well, you know, a lot of lot of games so it's it's funny that you mention those games um me and matt have like a second patreon exclusive podcast that we're doing called lights camera and action Mm. where we basically cover like a video game movie and we decided to do assassin's creed at the moment (laughs) wow it's interesting to see ever since that 2016 release how those games have changed to be these open world rpgs yeah rather than your traditional stealth combat kind of assassin's creed that we know and love um and it's very interesting like have you seen that movie at all no i haven't it's not good is it (laughs) like it's it's you know it's typical you know like your doom and your like your your average video game movie it's acceptable but it's not it's not going to be like a world changer kind of you know 10 out of 10 top class kind of movie but um they they wanted to experiment uh, experiment with different like levels of combat in it, other than just doing the whole hidden blades thing, mm-hmm. and just how that has progressed throughout the series, and they've taken from the movie 
rather than uh you know and created their own thing and i've i've loved the new games like odyssey particularly is uh like i i'm a massive fan of greek mythology even to the point that my daughter is named after a greek goddess but um and obviously archaeology background but like it's just so interesting to see how those games have progressed throughout the years hugely from the original ones i mean they're, they're they're nothing like it and i know that's why a lot of people have problems with them but but what i like about like what i'm always looking for is a game that you can get sucked into and mm. for, for a long period of time and i know you can with your, your shooters and and your multiplayer games but you know i'm not as a single player gamer predominantly you, you've got to look at the longer games because you're not going to play the same 20 hour game over and over well you might but it's less likely to over and over again so so you want a big game and i always find particularly with the last three assassins the draw with eso is that it, like takes a good 20 hours to get into it and in fact I, I might actively hate the game for 20 hours but i'll push through and then i really really like it and then those games are wonderful because there is so much content and Valhalla in particular is basically an MMO for, for one person, uh, you mm. know, in, in the size of the world. And I know that they're moving to this, you know, free to play model, which, you know, a lot of people don't like or whatever. And <laughs> you could argue in a way it's already been like that because there's a lot of microtransactions in those games, even though you, you buy them, which you don't have to engage with, but a lot of people do. Costumes. I mean, and so. Based off the look of X Defiant, I don't have high hopes for whatever this open world Assassin's Creed is going to be. No, no. Well, it's it's going to be. It's a bit like the the game they had to push, which was a shame. Their sports one, which is a bit of a mashup of the Crew Two and um, Steep. Uh, I forget what it's called. Riders Republic. But yeah, that that sort of, and then it comes back to Division and Division Two. That sort of, I really like that that style of game because you know they're going to keep supporting it. Ubi Ubi mm. do with those games. Uh, I played Ghost Recon uh, Breakpoint. It's a great game, only because of all the stuff they put in it. it was I remember getting that day one. It was a piece of shit. Much better yeah. game now. And you know there are a company that will will continue to support it. They can afford to. And and so you know when you're investing your fifty or sixty or hundred hours. That, that there is going to be content there. There's going to be end game. Maybe, you know, if you don't like it, you, then you, you wouldn't do that, that style of game. But if you do, yeah. it, it's like a drug that's just slowly dripping. And one of the worst things, it's the same with a book or a good, you know, not so much a movie, but a good game is, you know, you've really enjoyed it when you don't want it to end. And so you start doing things because you just want to keep it going. And those games are, they're like a crack in that respect that they just keep you going. And there's enough to do as well, which I think well, that makes- is wonderful. That makes me ask you then, have you played Immortals Phoenix Rising? Yeah, I have. Tanner, Tanner's finished that, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I finished it. Yeah. How did I, you I did that? that. I actually, I liked it. it it's, a, it's not as fun as an Assassin's Creed game, but it was okay. okay. It, it's just interesting to hear like different perspectives on it because I've heard some of them just like, it's such a, like it's Assassin's Creed Odyssey in a baby form, but that's where I like that. I didn't. I did not like that game. I tried to like it. I wanted to like it, but it's. It was. How much time did you put into it? <laughs> An hour. hour Ten now. minutes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, it's a game you got to put a good five hours into at yeah. least before it. Yeah. I wouldn't call it a baby. The puzzles in that game like, are, you, are much harder. You know harder what I mean, though. Like it's yeah. a um, looking. Yeah, it's it's very Breath of the Wild in its appearance. Yeah, and I, I think it's a really good example that a lot of people will not will not actively like. You, you talk to a gamer and they're like, "I'm not going to play a hundred hour game." And I even some of the hardcore gamers I know are not not you know trophy achievement hunters. They're not going to play that length of that game at the outset, but they will play something like that because it's like a twenty to thirty hour experience. 
you know, uh, whereas if they if they will put a hundred hours into something, but they won't actively go out and seek it. So so those sort of games like that Immortal Phoenix, it's much more self-contained. The map is smaller than Assassins. The mechanics, yeah. once you understand them, are the same. So yeah, it's much streamlined kind of experience. Yeah, because like the like I was looking at it, the majority length of games people will play at twenty to thirty hours. Anything over that, and you're becoming like a freak, uh, <laughs> whatever sort of thing, because they're so long. So I think there's a definite market for those games. I'm just really happy that those last three assassins have not gone into that market. I've, I'm glad that they're pushing the bigger end of the game and catering for. Like I, I couldn't imagine starting Valhalla if you were used to playing a twenty hour game. There's just no way you could you could handle That's that. That's why my copy's so. still on the wrapper. Yeah, because it's like it's like after hour fifty, you're like, all right, when's this game gonna wrap up? It's right, just keep going. <laughs> but yeah, but that's what that's why I like. All right, T Bird, cheating. I'm putting them. Uh, say the Mass Effect trilogy. Oh, cheater. Yeah, well, my list. I'm cheating. Suck it. The legendary. Uh, much more call it the legendary edition legendary edition yeah 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 those those games are just that's something there's something else it's like the peak of at least in my opinion that's the peak of sci-fi fiction out of any video game i've played yeah i've never cared about (laughs) fictional characters or made-up characters than i have with my whole crew because if you mess up certain people die or you can turn them against you, and <laughs> this is wild. I know, CJ, have you gone back and played anymore? Yeah, I finished the first one, um, so I haven't started the second one yet. But it's funny you mention that because, like, the old schoolness of that game, but I I didn't realize, like, playing through, and I'm sure probably at the very end it gave you a point of no return. I, I'm not sure if it did or not. I, it probably did. Most games do, but... You know, I think it does. Yeah, that the problem with that game is I got into the story and I started following the story beats, and I could see there were other things. I was like, I'll do that later, and then the game finished. And I, I'm so used to playing modern big games that I assumed you could keep playing after the story finishes. But I'm pretty sure with that game, oh no, you you go back to before the final fight. I think that's how it works, isn't yeah, it? or something. Yeah, which yeah, you, you still have chances to do all the side quests. Yeah, you you should really do them before you get there, which I realized yeah. <laughs> realized later. To fill out the story. And the only other thing I thought is that I didn't know, and I, well, I mean, it's, it's such an old game, it's not a spoiler, I suppose, but that reptilian dude or whatever else, the option to save him and stuff, I didn't realize that was what, the, that was, what was going on. But that, that's more on me I think, than, than that. So oh, I completely forgot about that part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but, but I do like the idea of being able to, to, to try carry your save over for three. And I think, like, as a detraction from that, I think that's really wonderful because. That's a series I would never have played on PS3. I've never set up a PS3 and go back and play Mass Effect. But now that it's come to modern consoles, you know, I'll play it. And another really good one, Daryl, I know we've all played it, the Dead Space series, but EA finally confirming they're going to do that. I think it's wonderful because there's probably a lot of people that won't, you know, pick up a PS3 and Xbox there or whatever, but PS3 to play it. So I think that's exciting. Yep, yep, yep. Very, that's a good one too, man. I actually could. I was browsing, perusing through your trophies, and I saw that you platinum Dead Space. That is incredible. Mm. There's a funny story about that. Do you want to hear it, or have yeah, I gone absolutely. on enough? <laughs> so, no, go ahead. back when I started getting into trophy hunting or whatever else, I used to play uh, a lot with this American guy 
to start with. Uh, and so, so I didn't know the whole trophy hunting thing. And he wasn't like, he was into finishing big games, not big scores or whatever else. And he set up this, this event. So back on profiles, this was just when trophy sort of events were starting. And it was a game a month. You had to play a game a month. And it was a race to see who could finish the game the quickest. And so they were all sort of games. They weren't like, you know, one hour games. They were all these sort of slightly longer games and a bit skill-based. It's a little skill in Dead Space with that hard run or whatever else. And there's this one guy, his name was Salty. He went under and he was like a gaming god. He could do any game, you know, and he'd win every month. And I think I had like a window of a week off. Uh, And so I made a bet with him for a hundred bucks or something that I could finish Dead Space before he could. And uh, I'd never played never played the game before, and he's like, "You've got no chance of finishing the hard mode or whatever else." <laughs> and I did. I played the game. I don't know what my time was. It's not one of the world's fastest, but for me, it was fast. It was uh, like, it's definitely under twenty hours. I know that. I'm pretty sure it was because we did it in one one or two sittings, and it would have been even quicker. But there's, I don't know how well you know the game. There's a section where it's like an asteroid section where you have yep. to shoot. It's kind. There's a trophy tied to that. It's a bullshit trophy, and it's a little yep. luck based as well. And I'd finished everything else. I had a save there and I couldn't get that friggin' trophy. And I knew his time was coming up. I had two hours to get inside him or whatever else. And I sat there and I finally got it. I was probably plastered as well by the end of it because I was drinking. I was having a great time with it. And I got him by a few minutes or whatever. And I'll never forget because I'm only just starting in trophy hunting. And, and he sent me this message because he had a ton of platinums, all the hard games. He goes, you know, well done. He goes, I could never have, have beaten that game in that thing. That fucking asteroid thing just pissed me off too much. And I was like, <laughs> it's so funny. Like, you know, we're on opposite, he was English, opposite sides of the world, you know, or whatever else, trying to outdo each other, you know, two old guys on this game, you know, and it was, it was wonderful, but uh, a wonderful way. And it was good, that competition, because I would never have probably pushed myself through the hard mode without it. And yeah. It's worth doing. The asteroid, the asteroid trophy deterred me from even going for the platinum. It was yes. so I tried it, I tried it, I tried it on three hundred and sixty. I was like, "No, this sucks. I'm not doing this." It's just luck based, yeah. Well, I'm unlucky, so there's that. Oh, so, so was I for like four hours. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny hearing Cameron say, like, you know, he just sits there and just bolsters through it, and eventually it happens. And uh, that's that sort of gaming has gone past me. I won't do that anymore. So if, if I can't I'm just get it, I'm persistent little prick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's that argument of like, should Dark Souls get an easy mode? Yes. Because I'm not going to sit there and try and figure it out. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I guess that's me. I'm going to pull up the rear with the last one. Uh, you know, and, and this one is, I'm going to tie into my story from earlier doing the retro console days. Uh, so my brother and I, I just picked up a Nintendo 64 recently with a stack of games and my brother's got a large collection of Nintendo 64 games. And so we grabbed my kids. We went over to his house last weekend and we said, all right, we're going to play Goldeneye. We're going to play Smash and we're going to play the greatest wrestling game ever made. WWF No Mercy. And oh my gosh, we had such a freaking blast. It was me, my brother and my two boys. My daughter went shopping with, uh, my wife and my sister-in-law and we each got a controller. We paired off in teams. It was me and my oldest versus my brother and my youngest. And we went to war on a tag team ladder match. And we were, my brother and I have always been very competitive against each other. When it comes to gaming, we were very competitive against each other in the early days of achievement hunting. And you know, it's there's, we do things now on the stock market where like I'll buy, I'll buy stock in something. 
and I'll send him a screenshot like, hey, um, this looks like it's going to be pretty promising. I bought 100 shares. That joker will send me a picture back. Yeah, I just bought 101 just for the sake of doing it, you know, just to one-up me. And so we've always been, you know, look, been competitive. So the biggest thing is if you can is hit this story your story working around to the fact that you sold your Bitcoin before I did and you did really well. And the rest no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. I am That's losing horribly at the stock market right now. So don't take any financial advice from me. So, but we were playing no mercy and there's always been this big rivalry. We're like, if you can hit your finish, because, you know, we're both pretty decent at reversing each other. And if if I know he's get, he's got his special built up, he's getting ready to hit me with the finish, I'm going to be really on my toes to hit that reversal. So we're going back and forth, reverse, 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 reverse. We're hitting each other with ladders, chairs, throwing each other off of everything. And then he hits me with his finisher. And I'm like, oh, it's over. He's going to win. Well, we're going back and forth. I managed to get get, you know, kind of back in the game. And my, my son is at the top of the ladder getting ready to grab the briefcase. My youngest son can't figure out how to knock the ladder down all of a sudden. So my brother takes his eyes off me for just one second. I pop him with the stone cold stunner, clothesline my son, my other, my oldest gets the briefcase and we win. And I kid you not, we were all hoarse for two days because there was so much screaming and yelling and trash talk going on. And it was just like, it brought me back to like, the days when we were kids and we were screaming at the TV and yelling and getting in trouble because we were after we beat each other in a wrestling match. Then we start wrestling in real life. And it's just, that game is so fun and it's so easy to play. It's so accessible. It is old school arcadey fun. And I mean, I was sitting back there playing it. We played for hours and I'm like this, the games are not this good anymore. Like modern day wrestling games, especially are just not this fun. Um, so WWF No Mercy was the last game in a run of stellar, phenomenal um, arcade action wrestling games. It was so much fun. I, I one of my all-time favorite games, and it just it's it, it was worth going back and buying a retro console to play that one game again. So a lot of fun. Well, guys, that's been this week's official topic. Shadow, thank you so much for coming on this Loot Bros podcast. Shadow, is there anywhere you want to plug your socials, plug your shows, tell everybody where they can find you and follow you and all that good stuff, stalk you even? So, uh, I've already had a stalker once. Uh, let's not go that far. <laughs> um, if you want to if you want to get in touch with me, you can catch me on Twitter at Shadowless Edge, on True Achievements at Shadowless Edge, or on Twitch on the GPN Hall of Fame uh, Hall of Gamers podcast. Um, also got Patreon if you want to support us as well. Um, where I also do a second podcast called Lights, Camera, and Action, which is about my um, inability to understand anything of uh, video game culture in terms of movies. <laughs> And Matt basically explaining me through everything in terms of actors, in terms of acting, in terms of actually going out and watching a goddamn movie. <laughs> awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, just um, on game score or trophies or whatever you want to do. Both. Just play games. We do both. Yeah, play games. Get all the points. Don't play Nintendo because that sucks. 
Yeah, don't sorry, play any system that has achievements slash trophies. That's right. And support any system that actually gives a damn about That's right. That's right. (laughs) So so, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. CJ T Bird, thank you for joining. Thank you for being here and let's having this great conversation. Um, guys, if you're listening, if you made it this far, check out our other shows. Uh, check out the Avocation to Climb, the monthly Xbox shill podcast that phil spencer himself is sponsoring i don't care what anybody says he is funding that out of his own pocket but uh could you imagine how, cj's got all the connections could you imagine how disturbed he would be if he knew people had that that sort of gamer score he'd, he'd be, be disgusted oh i'm sure they have a they have a <laughs> monthly board meeting where they sit back and they're like how can we exploit this crew right here i mean they 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 already know about randall thor i'm sure they're aware they probably, 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 probably disturbs them. Nevertheless, though. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for guys for listening. Share, subscribe, do all the things. Thomas running out the blood is flowing down the street. People need to know we're living in the war zone. In the street, where the truth tells them that it's old. Get right or get left, what will it be? Thomas running out the blood is flowing down the street. 